on this episode of the Star Wars Time Show. Matt and Nick will be chatting with Justin Nunez, who is a huge collector of Star Wars props and other high-end collectibles from the films. Once they're done chatting with this super fan, they'll break down S1E2 of the Bad Batch, aka the Cut and Run episode. So if you're not caught up, get it done, and then get learned. After the batch, they'll dive into the ridiculous amount of set leaks coming out of the UK shoot for Andor, which now features Cassian and some shore troopers working through a scene. They've got some Kenobi updates and new speculations based on a social media post by Moses Ingram and an interview by Ewan with Jimmy Kimmel. Finally, before the fan segment, Matt will break down the prelude to the War of the Bounty Hunters, which has him loving him some Bozo-era Boba Fett action. And then, you know what comes next, Battle Bracket updates, fan responses, and the top five Star Wars fan artists features of the week punch it chewy hey now everybody Welcome to a brand new episode of the Star Wars Time Show. And as you can see, it's one of those special episodes because it's not just Nick and I. We have a guest and that guest is none other than one of the bigger Star Wars prop collectors on the planet. SW Props, a.k.a. Justin Nunez. Justin, welcome to the Star Wars Time Show. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. uh, Feel very... Yeah, I mean, you're um, you're someone obviously you're, you're buddies with our good friend and resident vector artist at Super Scounds or someone we've <laughs> talked about on the show before. But SW Props himself is 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 quite a fun follow on the gram if you're into uh, collecting kind of high end collectibles is what I'd call them. The actual props from the films. And he also seems to be, you know, kind of in the know with where some of these locations are at. He was just at the, uh, what is that? S two E six episode shooting location for the Mandalorian. He was reenacting a stunt that was pulled off by the very talented Lauren, Mary Kim. So I don't know. I, I just wanted to talk with Justin because like us, he seems to be a hardcore star wars fan so it's a little little different interview not not necessarily from the the toy photography or the uh star wars artist scene um but someone that is a huge fan nonetheless we want to get to know more about him and uh you know figure out his his star wars biography if you will um, it seems the camera is going to be jumping around, but it looks like it fixed itself. So we, we were, that's why we we're a little late today because our, you know, here, if you've listened to the Star Wars time show that our technology is ran by a hamster and a gerbil. And some sometimes oh, yeah. they don't quite want to uh, get up and perform for show day. And today was one of those days. So um, <laughs> hopefully the gerbil and hamster will will keep running, keep those wheels spinning to keep the show up and afloat. Uh, but if you see uh, Justin's image flickering off and on, there's really not much we can do at this point in time. So. Yeah, it's not his fault. It's right. not our fault. Um, it's technology. Yeah, blame fault. it on Elon Musk or somebody like that, right? 
<laughs> All right, so uh, the deal is here. We're, we're going to talk with Justin. We're going to get to know him as a, a Star Wars fan. Why did he get seduced by this franchise like a lot of us? And, and you know, kind of how that may have played into his, uh, what I consider to be, like I said, high-end, big-dollar type of collecting. Uh, I, I, I sit here and talk a big game about having pre-orders for the next year or two that, you know, tally into the thousands but I'd wager th- th- this gentleman drops that, you know, quarterly, monthly. I don't know. <laughs> you, you never know. But th- this guy's got some pretty impressive stuff in his layer. As you can see, this this Boba Fett we're looking at is one of his collectibles. But, Justin, before we get into that stuff, let- let's just kind of get into you as a Star Wars fan. And, you know, how long has it been? Are, are you like myself, someone that basically out of the womb you were indoctrinated with the Star Wars, or are you like Nick? Did you did you come to it later in life? I um I don't know about you guys. I think Matt, you're you're not really a prequel lover. Right? I'm getting there. I mean, I I will say the Clone Wars have definitely massaged a lot of the pain that the prequels induced upon me back in those days. Uh, but coming out of it in the year 2005, I did not have the best overall opinion of those films. Correct. Okay, so that's where that's what got me into it. That's like what I grew up on, um, you know, Natalie Portman, uh, Samuel Jackson, that kind of thing. And I was just like, you know, Natalie Portman's like my one, my girl crush growing up. Well, yeah, me too. So, <laughs> yeah, that was the Phantom. So you're just like, whoa, who is this chick? You know, and um, that's what got me into it. So I'm pretty much like one of the big prequel fans. So like, we're. Justin, were you were you a kid when they came out, or were you in your teens? I mean, because I'm I'm an old guy. I'm one of the older guys of the Star Wars time show. Yeah. I mean, were you were you a young yeah. kid in '99? What? Yeah, I was. A, I was like eleven. Okay. Gotcha. So you are your 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 journey's yeah, so, a little so more Justin like Nick's. Yeah, yeah, Justin and I are around the same age because I was I'm eighty. I was born in '88, so I'm going to be thirty three yeah. this year. Yeah. 88. So, so yeah, it's kind of the same situation. I st- I first saw Star Wars when I was ten, um, but I was always like a I was always an OT guy. That's what I, that was my my trilogy because I guess it's like I saw it so many times before I saw the prequel trilogy that it was just like ingrained in the brain. Hey Justin, was it just you know no one around you was interested in Star Wars prior to that or just the idea of new Star Wars seeing the trailers and like you said you obviously were getting a little excited down in your nether regions for Natalie Portman. <laughs> uh but was there a reason not that not that this is a malfunction on your part but was there a reason that that Star Wars proper the OT uh, wasn't in your life prior to the prequels? I don't know, like what I was like a teenage mutant ninja turtle guy, you know, that's what yeah, I, yeah. I grew up on. And um what else? The um I was a big basketball fan. So I, okay. I don't I was never really like into it until the prequels came out. So the parents didn't bring it into your life early on. Uh, yeah. And okay. and or not, I haven't I really haven't collected until the last like what? Five, ten years. Holy shit. So. so you you really went off the deep end once you got, uh, you know, it sounds like you kind of, you got uh, indoctrinated with the prequels. You're just chilling a little bit and then you're like, oh yeah, I, I, just, re- I just remembered if I'm a Star Wars fan, I need to now dedicate my life savings to honoring Star Wars through collecting. 
Well, you know what the the bad part was the, those Funko Pops. Uh-oh. That's what really. So like around 2010 ish, because I mean that's when they first debuted. That's when I got into them and, and really got bit by yeah. the Funko. I'm, I'm talking. I think my collection was five thousand strong. Uh, no, no, yeah, I'm sorry, not five thousand. I I think I had like seven or eight hundred. I don't know. It, it was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, garage is full of them, and I just. You know how you're lazy to sell them, right? You're just like no. We were we were kicking just, ass at the end of 2020 because my wife kind of took charge. She's like, you know what? You gave me the green light. I can start shedding some of these Funko Pops, not the Star Wars ones. I still have those. Those have not been thrown up on the uh, up on the auction block yet. But once she got it going and we started to see the return on my investments, oh, it was man. like holy shit, dude. So if you've got it was la- go ahead. Us. At its peak. Yeah, if you have a bunch from the early years, like the 2010s, 11s, 12s, and you're looking to get rid of them, uh, we sold over twenty thousand dollars worth in like two, two yeah. or three months of sup. It's hard. All the hard work getting this, right. you know, like camping, trying to be the first ones at Comic Con. It's it's hard. It's really yeah, I, I kind of lucked out on some of the exclusives because because in the early days of Popdom, the the fanaticism wasn't there yet. So if you were collecting, you were you're pretty much getting stuff easy peasy. Street prices. I had to go to eBay sure. here and there for some of the more exclusive Star Wars stuff because I wasn't attending an SDCC. But even then, Justin, they were yeah. still. I mean, I think I got that original Boba Fett Funko, which these days is is way up there, or Hollow Mall for like thirty, forty dollars. Right. These days they're upwards yeah. of you know eight hundred to a thousand. So while people may make fun of the pops, as as Justin found out by collecting them early, and myself, um, so far they have not gone the way of the Beanie Baby. You know what I mean in terms of getting no. your 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 money back. I. I got out of it because they started mass Thank producing you. them. They stopped the, you know, the, um, the limited Comic-Con ones, even the Comic-Con ones are not. It, dude, um, it just became, I'm with you. I feel like, uh, Brian or what's his name? Whoever runs Funko. He, he realized like, holy shit, we've actually caught on to something here. We, we finally created a collectible that people go gaga for and he's like, fuck it. Let's just jam it down their throats. Cause it went from, <laughs> like you said, main pop culture licenses like DC, Marvel, Star Wars, into a few fringe ones to now it's everything. Like everyone and their mom oh, is a Funko Pop. And it just, it, it lost its allure. That thing, that's the thing that gets dangerous is uh, it's, it can get addicting. You go down different lines. You're like, okay, now I'm Star Wars, Marvel. Now I'm, you know, DC. Oh, yeah. And it just keeps going, going, and then you're like, I'm sure Matt can relate, just like boxes to the ceilings. Yeah, I mean, I was unboxing them, stacking them in rows. I think I, I had a system where I could fit 70 per shelf on a five-shelf yeah. setup, but then I was buying boxes it, for the boxes to store, and it's just like, you know what? That's enough, pal. Right. That's enough. Um, so pretty much I when they started doing the mass producing, I was like, okay, I got to get out of this, and uh, – it wasn't until I, I joined um, a Star Wars prop um, like Facebook group and I saw they were getting these life-size like statues and I'm like, for the same price as how much I could sell one of my Funko Pops. So I'm like, why would I have this like three, four inch 
figure when I can have the real thing. There you go. You know? You're, it's it's called waking up from the pop sickness, right, Nick? I've uh, yeah. I went through it myself when I when I graduated yeah. from pops, the Black Series to now Hot Toys. But it is kind of a it's a progression, right, Justin? It's like, hey, I'm I, I'm spending money on these. I'm waiting up. I'm I'm sitting in online queues to get this shit, and I can sell them for for good cash, make a lot of money back. Uh, but what better way to yeah. take that money and reinvest it back into your love of Star Wars than to buy bigger and badder Star Wars collectibles? So I love I love the system well, there. Hot Toys is another one I try to stay away from because I know it can get really it dangerous. Does. It does. I started with one and <laughs> now I have, I think, 20 on pre-order, which if you do the math is a lot. Um, we're, we're talking yeah. like buying cars with cash. Uh, down payments on uh, higher end vehicles or even a house at this point. But hey, you only live once. You can't yeah. take it with you. And uh, collectors, <laughs> they, they kind of get it. But I've even realized with myself, Justin, you know, last week we had May the 4th, all that fun stuff. There's a bunch of reveals for uh, vintage collection yeah. for Black Series. I didn't touch a single one. So I. I Man, me, I stayed yeah. away. I stayed away. This this is the first year I stayed away. Yeah, Nick, I, it was funny. Like someone I, that doesn't collect shit. <laughs> on Star Wars Day, Nick is the only one that I know from yeah. the Star Wars Time Show universe that actually bought himself a Star Wars collectible. Right, Nick? I did. And it, it this was purely a purchase made out of like envy and anger because <laughs> when they first announced the Revan Saber... The Black Series FX Elite Revan Saber. I, I pre-ordered it on Amazon. It was a whole story on the Star Wars time show. It was yeah. like a three or four episode long saga. And it ended up like I ended up not getting it because Amazon canceled my pre-order because they had more than they expected come through. And I never got it. And I was never able to get it again. So to replace it on May the 4th this year, GameStop put up the Palpatine uh force effects elite saber for 50 percent off so instead of 220 bucks it was 110 i was like you know what i'm doing go. it yeah so. i'm like you guys why i feel like they the disney ones they're like burritos yeah they're like yeah they're uh, the the force elites they they're getting better they're yeah getting here let me see yeah because because nick you got um, that thing like I, I know he just walked away but this guy i mean he doesn't buy shit for star wars he bought so oh this is, he bought it half price, right, right? It was half price, and you got it shipped from GameStop in like a day. Yeah, it, it literally got here like a, a day later, if not that. Like, so Justin, I think. Oh yeah, one we're about well, to have a cock off, but with with lightsaber pal- hilts here. Saber off. <laughs> I know. No, show you the the size of the real. Here you guys. Look at this guy. Okay. Like. Yeah, see, th- this one's still a bit bigger, so it's, the, it's close. Yeah. It's close. The coloration's not quite the same. The color of mine looks a little bit more dull. I know that you guys aren't seeing this in color mm-hmm. on, on the screen, but Justin's official prop saber is definitely a little bit brighter. Yeah, and if look you look how tiny at the that hand size, is. yeah, like that is... But then this one, this one's definitely beefier, so it's bigger. You can still fit your hand around it, unlike the Disney Sabres. The Disney Sabres, oh. it's like, man. Oh, man, they're horrible. I mean, yeah. you know. I like, I like what, Justin calling them burritos. I think that's a, that's a very apt uh, descriptor yeah. for the, the Disney lightsabers, the Savvy's Workshop deal, and, and more than likely the but, new retractable blade. 
it catered to a certain market, right? Like like the average fan who wants to go to have an experience at Disneyland. I get it, you know, but so that um, that pretty- prop right there, Justin. I mean, how yeah. do you? It, 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 was that used on set, or is that just a replica of of Palpatine's hilt? No, it's a um, it's a master replicas. Got it. So it's a it was scanned from the original. So this is like the actual dimensions and everything. Got it. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah, there's there's certain replicas I, I go for, but I, I try to stay away from replicas because I'm like, when I got into the real original prop like collecting, I was like, why? You, you know, with Star Wars collecting, you kind of have to have a, a focus or else. Yeah, you, you get scatterbrained. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. So I, I, I stick with original props just because for the same price, not the same price, but um for the money I'm spending already on a replica, I might as well get the real thing. Yeah, I hear that. So, and, and we'll get there. We'll get there. I got a few uh, more Star Wars questions for you if I didn't just shut down everything here. But all right, so uh, you know, he came into it later in life. Got and in, you know, got involved with the prequels because of uh, Miss Nat. Was Miss Natalie Portman your main driver in what uh, kind of going towards Star yeah. Wars? Yeah. Oh, I'm a. I'll, I'll admit it on the show. I'm, I'm obsessed with her. She's like, <laughs> she, my wife. Yeah, no, I, I can remember. I would have been in hell when all the, when they got well, announced. Here's the, here's the thing. I, you know, I'm a photographer, so I work in, with a lot of different companies. I work with her husband's company. Got you. And I, her like visiting and I was like, I can't say anything because you have to stay professional. So she's just like in front of me and I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, he either. He, just be like, I need to do some camera tests. Can yeah. you just stand still yeah. real quick? I just need to oh, make miss, sure Miss Portman, lens. the lighting's a lot better where you're at. Hold on. Let me, let me get a framing over there. <laughs> let, let me check my white balance. Right. <laughs> NDA and all that. Like, yeah. Dude. Right. Right after that shoot, he had to go home and uh, have some alone time with himself. I think is what he's trying to, <laughs> what he, what he's hitting at. Well, you know what? I mean, she oh, is she is a beauty. So I'm sure you're excited that uh, you know she's she's coming back into the pop culture universe through Thor. Was a Love and Thunder, Love and yeah, Thunder, Love, yeah, love and love thunder, thunder. You know, which that's a good sign because she she really hated this kind of right. fandom. I know. So, like, she hates Star Wars. I've talked to her about it. She hates Star Does Wars. Does she hate it because um, of how poorly she kind of came off, or the the prequels in general, or? Well, kind of, but she she told me um, it was because she it almost ruined her career. It ruined Hayden Christensen's yep, it, it, career. It, so we we've seen multiple casualties of Star Wars yeah. movies over the last. Yeah, I think 40 Daisy years. Ridley's dealing with that right now. <laughs> yeah, but you know, tough. you have to admit it kind of helped her career, right? Like people kind of know her because of that oh, too. Of, of course, yeah, and also I feel like. She more than anybody else in that prequel cast kind of embraced it, especially with the SNL rap. And then like she she just kind of she was like, all right, people people aren't huge fans of this, but you know what? I'm gonna take it in and I'm gonna put that energy back out, make fun of myself a little bit, make fun of the franchise. And I think that's what let her rise above. Whereas like Hayden, Hayden finished the movies and then he, he just kind of he, he yeah, did he, he did jumper to, and then that grow. was about it. He was done. Yeah. <laughs> 
Emperor's yeah, clothes. Yeah, I, I, like, I, 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 I don't mind like, it either. And, and we've said this before, and I think Justin would agree. I mean, it's not that Hayden is a bad actor. I mean, he was he was getting go- Golden Globe noms before Star Wars. It's just as Ewan yeah. said uh, in the interview we talked about a week or two ago, when you're given the scripts they're given, and then you also have no scenery to draw inspiration from. It's going to come off yeah. kind of shitty for all actors, regardless of their of their oh, abilities. And it sounds like Natalie, you know, felt that way. And, you know, we, we've seen it all. It, it's a known thing. The prequels, it, it, love them or hate them. They had some pretty cool looking visuals. But outside of that, I mean, the, the acting is, is B-movie. Uh, some of the dialogue <laughs> is eye-rolling worthy. Uh, but hey, like Justin said, I mean, I, I know they might have hated it at the time, but it does kind of thrust you into a new level of stardom if you get attached mm-hmm. to Star Wars. But it can bite you in the ass, as as some of the leads have found out. Hayden being one, uh, Mark and Mark <laughs> and Carrie really. I mean, they they kind of you know had successful careers in in other mediums or behind the scenes type of work, but never starring cast level type of uh, gigs. Uh, so it is kind of a double double edged sword, depending on what you have accomplished before you get into Star Wars. Like if Star Wars is your big introduction to I've made it, you're walking on uh, some thin ice there. <laughs> yeah, thin ice. Oh, man. Well, you know, with Hayden and, um, and Ahmed Bess at Celebration that um, Devin, it was Devin and I's first Celebration. And they... I mean, it must have took a lot of guts for them to come back to this fandom, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were getting unfairly blamed for a lot of the shit that, you know, we love him. We love him. He is the maker. But George was the man. Yeah. Every decision in those movies was George's. No one. He was everyone that worked for George during the prequels. Yes, sir. Whatever you want. And that's what he got. But it might not have been the best for everyone else. So, but yeah. But man, they had the best standing ovation, like warmest welcome when they came yeah. back. Operation, like when I, I was in line for a med best, like like everyone was hugging him after they get his signature. Like it was just like insane. Uh, see, it's a different celebration. Yeah, that's that's incredible to see too because. I mean, Ahmed Best. If you've never read his story, I mean, he went into he was going to kill himself after like, was on yeah, a balcony like was, committing suicide or contemplating suicide. Yeah, and now, Natalie became close with him, so I think that also affected Natalie's um, view towards Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, people they were viscerally angry towards him for no, I mean, like for essentially just playing a character that was written on for, for doing a job I mean, that was, he was paid to do. I mean, yeah. he, he, he did yeah, what I he mean, was asked to it's do. Insane. I'm glad you brought that up, Justin, because I, I believe it was just last week. Natalie, again, who, who probably doesn't love the Star Wars universe or the fan that comes with it, but she actually participated in May the 4th on social media. I think I got this from J- Justin's profile or a story share. Um, but she shared a shot with her and Ahmed basically saying, yeah, Hey, we are, we are great, great, great friends now. Well, you know, like the fact that she joined Thor again is a really great sign for star Wars fans. Mm, Yeah. You thinking, you think it's going to get her back in and and doing some flashback stuff or what? But she's leaning towards it because you see Ahmed, you know, he got back into it. Hayden is like Mm -hmm. making um it's it's only a matter of time like ewan's there like who else are we missing? all right so yeah. 
Sam. Sam will come back at any <laughs> Mace, moment. Mace, like, Mace lives, motherfucker. Mace lives. So, Justin. He'll come. Yeah, are you thinking we could maybe get a, a, a super surprise in Kenobi, possibly? Yeah, yeah, I, I that's, think so. that's not a bad bit of speculation, and I'm with you too. Especially if we get a Clone Wars era flashback with the generals, um, right. it, it would be a, a great nod or a tip of the mm-hmm. hat to the fandom to include some Padme Amidala into either a hollow recording, or maybe she's with General Skywalker. Who knows? But I, I'm liking that. I, I I would definitely be down. For- <laughs> Who do you guys think he was talking about in that interview with Jimmy? Yeah, Kimmel? I don't even know, I don't even know yeah. if Nick saw that yet, but that's going to be one of our, our topics. It, yeah, it, it can't be anyone he's worked with in the movies because he said it. It's Kid okay. Luke. It's Kid Luke. He said is he said he's never acted with the person before, and he's not technically related to him. It's Kid Luke, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's okay. not even a question. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's if it's not Kid Luke, then it's. I have no clue who it is, but I, like we all know that little little boy Luke Skywalker is going to be in this movie, and that fits the description perfectly. Of like, right. never worked with him before, not technically related to him, but it's very important to Obi Wan mm-hmm. Kenobi, of course. Kid yeah, I mean, he said special scene and a very very special to him, to like you and himself. So who who knows? Uh, what, what, what's yeah, your maybe, guess, just, Justin? I don't know what's you your guess? Since at first, I was thinking, um, well, I think it's just like wishful thinking that it's Natalie, but she she's obviously worked. With right. Him before, he did. So. He did say that they have. He, he doesn't think he's ever filmed a scene. And, and we just have to hope that he hasn't embodied his character from train spotting and actually does all those drugs and forgot <laughs> that he did three movies with her. Um, so I, don't, I, I think Nick Nick's probably right. I wasn't even thinking that. I, I was a little too busy before the show. So tip of the hat to uh, my co-host there. But I, I think that's probably a good call. Well, a yeah. little inside scoop when I was at the set, um, I was talking to the guy, and what they were filming was um, like a villager scene. Mm-hmm. So it was Ant Man of Villagers, um, kind of like Middle Eastern looking Got guys. You. Okay. So. Yeah, yeah, Justin lives out in LA, so he he has access to. Like I said, I mean, it, it, go look at his IG at SW Props. I mean, one of his most recent shares is him in that kind of mountain area where Rodriguez shot his episode of the Mando. Um, so mm-hmm. he he definitely knows where the where the spots are at, where to go, how to you know rub rub uh, elbows with these people, and that that's why he's yeah. here. I, I'm always interested in fans that can kind of find their way. Uh, into some uh, access or getting nuggets about this galaxy that we love so much. So, Justin, back to your Star Wars. I mean, we now know that it was the prequels and Natalie Portman started all. I love that story, by the way, because a lot of times with Star Wars fans, it's 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 family related. It's a friend got me into it. Not for Justin. It's 100 percent. My my balls got me into it. Right. Like <laughs> The fact that I'm a prop collector, you can imagine my my collection for Natalie. It's oh, like I, 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 I can't even imagine. <laughs> you have the the shrine. I'm, I'm sure. Do you, you have, have like the, the, Do the you big... have her little uh, chrome pistol from the Phantom Menace? I'm guessing. Uh, that's something special that I haven't even. It's in the works because I'm gonna get it signed gotcha. by her. Oh. And I didn't want people, you know, copying my idea. But the thing is, like, I've been working on this since last year, and. I got it. I got to scan the original, the original nice. prop. So it's 
exactly like the one from the movie. Yeah, and That's if you amazing. haven't noticed, what, what we're looking at right now, that is one of Justin's collectibles. So, I mean, he's got uh, Boba F- Do you guys want me to put out on, for, you know, on this? What's that? Do you guys want to see the Padme? Yeah, hell, dude, we'll, we'll see whatever you want to show off. I don't want to ruin any of your plans, but if you want to break it out, let's do it. No, I mean, I, I've been trying to keep it a secret for a while, but if you guys want to see it, I'm, I don't know. Hey, no one watches or listens to this show anyway, so <laughs> it's still going to be secret. So if you're if you're willing to share, right. let's check it out. This exclusive there we go. on the show. A Star Wars Time Show exclusive. We need a soundboard like yeah, like yesterday. But yeah. anyways, while we're waiting for Justin, <laughs> the graphic you're looking at, if you've been on the live stream, that's one of his collectibles. And I believe that's a legit bust of Boba Fett and the... Uh, movie props of his rifle and blaster signed by Jeremy. Uh, so, I mean, the guy doesn't mess around. Like, I mean, even while he's gone, look behind him. He's got, he, he, not only will he collect a prop, but then he kind of builds a scene around it. He's got Vader saber with a Vader bust there. He's got the, the life-size Yoda. Oh, here he comes. Here we, here we so, go. There it is. That is. There's her, her wow. chromed out blaster from the Phantom Menace. It's got the, real this is real metal it's like five pounds so justin when you say you had it scanned then do you commission someone to build them for you yeah so i i've been a lot of my builders have been getting stolen from me and people are like copying my ideas and you know how it is you want something unique so um i had a commission a guy from france for this he's like a wood maker so he he actually made this from like um really vintage wood oh, looks looks fantastic wow. and he matched like the the, the streaks from the sh- from yeah. the movie that's so I, I gotta ask man someone that spends a pretty penny on star wars uh what what's an average cost for one of these projects for you um closer to like three thousand yeah, yeah. it sounds about that sounds okay. about right something like um where's the oh because you, you've seen Phantom Menace. You know she has, like, a, a short barrel as well. So you can, like, screw yeah, it in. The, the snub yeah, nose. Wow. So they so that actually is retractable as well. That's yeah. pretty incredible. Yeah. I mean, for that level of workmanship, oh, for it's, it's, to be that screen accurate, that's, that's fantastic. amazing. It, I can guarantee you this is as accurate as it gets because it's... We like scan the original. And then, uh, like I was saying when you were off camera, though, but the, you also kind of build out. I, I don't want to say a scene, but it, it's, it, it's almost like you, you'd almost see in a church where you where you, you have a prop, but the prop is related to other props. Like we're looking at your Boba Fett. Uh, you you tend you tend to get oh. them signed, numbered, all that fun stuff. Well, that's because you guys can relate to this. Uh, we run out of room. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, do you I have just, a warehouse uh, to keep all that? Because e- even just uh, looking no. at the boba thing, I mean, that that that's got to take up some space. Because you got it's in a nice little. It looks like a, a glass container. You got it. You got the rifle propped up. You got the the blaster propped up. Yeah. So, oh, there it is. Yes. <laughs> Look, there it is. If you're on the live stream, you can see it in the background there. Yeah. Um. No, it's a. Uh, all my life size stuff is in my room, so it's 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 I'm running out of space. But Devin's like, well, that's what you get for collecting life size, you know. 
Actually, yeah, man, like, you, if you keep this up for another year or two, you, you, you're probably going to have to expand or, or get yourself a, yeah. a warehouse you got, of some sort. You oh, whoa. It's got, got the full-size jar jar, jar, right jar. Jesus. Look at that. That's the original. That's like the, so was that the original Graflex? Like the original yeah. handle that they use for I the blade? I know has that. Well, yeah. not like original, but. Yeah, so I sent you the, um. That all right, let's actually let's, the- let's pull this up because that that's a good one to talk about the original graph flex from a, an old camera right it's the old camera flash arm yeah so a lot of people you know they they get into the whole original graph flex. you can still find them like on ebay um but i went as far as finding every little you know vintage nut vintage whatever that was actually used on the movie so everything of mine is exactly what they use on the movie wow that's so incredible. Yeah. I mean, that's just next. So level. I got the image up now on the live stream. For those of you who are walk, uh, watching, you can see the whole collection of, of the graph flex. And like you say, he's not fucking around. I mean, he's got the full camera in there, but he's also got it broken down into the lightsabers that were, were you know, Luke's built from it. Yeah. And a lot of people, they, they'll convert them into the, the lightsaber. I kept it in the original form because mm-hmm. I, it's just a cool display, you know, like you, you can see the calculators, the bubble strip from Luke's lightsaber. So yeah. it's still in the calculator. And then, um, all right. So that, that's what the calculator is for. It, there's an actual part from the calculator that they used on the saber. Yeah. yeah you've seen Luke's lightsaber. Yes, I'm sure you guys yes. have. Yeah. It's also on Vader's saber. Okay. Yeah. That's. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah, that's, like this, like you said, this display, having this display, like this almost looks like it's a museum piece. Like you would walk through a, uh, even like a film history museum and, and they would have a display exactly, exactly like this. That's incredible. Yeah, it's fun. It's a, it's called bound prop collecting. So you, you find, um, they're just everyday stuff that, you know, George and the people at ILM used to make the props. They just grabbed anything they could. So it could be like a bathroom toilet piece or, anything and um people go crazy for him because it's it was used in star wars but i mean honestly this is one of my my favorite displays of yours and nick is right you you have a fucking museum in your room you you might as well just start printing tickets and charging motherfuckers to walk through um (laughs) no i mean the the girlfriend and i were i mean the fiance i shouldn't say girlfriend Um, congratulations (laughs) uh, once we get a place i mean i'm gonna you know how it is you you buy a place specifically yes. for your collection. You're like, okay, I can put this there. I can put that you, there. You might have to move um, from California just so you can have a basement to, to fit all this shit in. Yeah, that's hard. Even Devin, he's struggling with it. He's like, it's so expensive. Out yeah, here. I mean, you, you yeah. got to be able to dig down into the earth. You got to come up north a little bit where I'm at and get, get yourself a big man cave. Oh. Yeah, because yeah, because Matt's got an entire like the entire basement is we can oh. we we call it Star Wars Time HQ. So. I get also the people who live out there because they yeah they have basements full of. Just That's space. what I mean. You, you basically have yeah. your whole home's footprint to to take for collectibles, <laughs> but it's out of the the purview of of the normal viewing of your home. So if your fiance or whatever doesn't want all that shit upstairs like my wife, you, you'd be like, all right, we'll keep it down the man cave, but it's mine. I get to decorate it exactly that's, how I want to. That's what you got to see. You got to get a room. So like even in, cause I live in Austin, Austin's getting very expensive too. So, mm-hmm. but oh, you yeah. just got to get a house with, with one room that is your office 
quote on your off. This what my office is. You can see I have my bookshelves with toys and shit on it. I got wow. my my Star Wars pictures in the background. So eventually, this room will become much more filled with with you know posters and 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 right. toys and stuff like that. Collectibles. You got to have at least one room that is just dedicated to your geekiness. Just be. Well, see, Devin Devin got lucky because he his parents have like a little back house, and he's like, okay. can I? And I like take this back house and he turned it into Check a whole that shit out. How's man that? What, what, what a lucky there you guy. Go. Yeah. <laughs> get a get a house with a pool. Use the pool house for all of your stuff. <laughs> yeah, just just be careful with decorating because I have essentially turned my decor into a TGI Fridays or or an old Max and Irma's if people know what they are. I have there is not one bit of Whoa. wall space showing anymore. It's nothing but Star Wars posters. Well, you, you know, Bad part is when your aunt, uncle, or whoever your cousins are like, "Oh, he's a Star Wars fan," so they'll get you like a bathroom oh, rug yeah, yeah, or yeah, right, something right. like. Oh, that's not what I collect. That's 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 just gonna take up room. And you yeah, know. you're like, no, I, I want <laughs> I want these old ass cameras and shit. People don't send me bathrobes. It's like, like um, you yeah. gotta you gotta come up with a Christmas list. It's like if you want to get me Star Wars things, here's what I want. I want prop or, or screen used. Mace Windu lightsaber. <laughs> Can you find that? All right. <laughs> if you can't get that, then don't worry about it. Exactly. No, I do. I mean, going so. back to the 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 Graflex display, I mean that that's probably one of my favorite I've I've seen of yours, just because of the you know the the history behind the the filmmaking, the prop making. Just looking at the camera itself, you can you can see the lightsaber in it. That's what I is probably my favorite part. I mean, you can literally see yeah. the lightsabers in the camera. It's- you can imagine how lucky yeah. we got, right? Because they probably saw the camera store and we're like, perfect, lightsaber. It, it's right there. I mean, the, the the hilt, the top of the hilt's there. And like Justin said, he collected some of the other intricate pieces that came from other just random things to go on it. Uh, but just just yeah, seeing me- that display, it is. It's like the history of, of how these lightsabers were produced. This, this um, the bottom piece right here. Yes, yes. There's like two little, two little um, rivets. Mm-hmm, yeah. So that's the bottom of every um, of the Empire Strikes Back, Luke, and that's this is an actual camera flash as well, original. And there's the the two yeah, rivets. Yeah, I mean, it's like they they bear. I mean, I know they added some stuff to it, but they they really had a a functioning hilt right off of these camera yeah. flashes and it's, it's beautiful. Now people like Nick and I are spending $300 to buy fat oversized ones. When yeah. we- but then also you have these fabricators and these, and these companies out there like force forum, or you yeah. have, you know, Vader's vault and they do these incredible one-to-one replicas of them. And they yeah. catch everything that Justin does. Like they try to get as many original pieces as they can. It's, it's, it's awesome. All right, Justin, before we look at another one of your collectibles here, what, what's your um, favorite Star Wars film then out of, out of the nine, I guess we'll say, or yeah, no, we will include <laughs> solo and rogue uh, one that they, they can go in there. The 11. I'm going to let you guys guess on that one based on what uh, I told you. I, I mean, it's got to be yeah, rocks, he's probably a, right? He's probably Revenge a Revenge of the, of the Sith. Sith guy. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, I guess you and I can't. <laughs> you and I can't be now. friends I anymore. Say, Matt, you, you're yeah. no interview. Interview over. Interview. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Like, I'm losing connection. I'm losing connection. Uh, it's like, oh no, we lost Justin. Yeah. For some reason, oh, he just dropped out right after that's that. That's weird. Revenge of yeah, the Revenge of the Sith. No, I, I get it. I mean, a lot of people that are prequel fans, that's going to be their go to. Because, I mean, it. Well, it, it's also like the prequels for me was I wanted to see Vader's story. Like, I wanted to see. <laughs> Uh, but we got a lot more of that in Clone Wars, right? We got yeah, we got the real, yeah. we got the real in it. Thank you, thank you. So that's why. Okay, yeah. oh, the connection's fixed. Now we can. He can. Oh, hold, yep, yep. The <laughs> light just went green again. We're good. We we got good connectivity. Thanks, Justin. Sorry about that. We didn't. We didn't want to kick you off early, but okay. Uh, favorite character? I think we know this one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a tie between Anakin and uh, Padme. Did you prefer her as the yeah. queen or the senator? the queen but she, she wasn't really a queen for that long so yeah um you know when you see her in clone wars it's you get more respect right. for you, her you see what, what she really a, could do versus just wearing those crazy ass yeah. costumes that she had to stay perfectly straight yeah. up and down for yeah can't move her head the whole thing would just come off <laughs> i mean she outfit every scene it's crazy <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it was what outfits and hair, outfits and hair. That was George's deal with her. Um, all right. Yeah. Standout moment from the franchise. Good, sir. What, what, what's a moment that if you had to be like, hey, this is why I do what I do. This as, as far as just, like, just a moment, a moment from the Star Wars films that, you know, if someone comes up to you, be like, hey, man, why, why do you collect all this shit? Why do you like Star Wars so much? Like, well, it's just this one moment really resonated with me. It made me feel this way or reminded me of this person. Like me, I'm always, I always go to the fight between Luke and Vader and Return of the Jedi. That is, that is it for me. Uh, that is my Star Wars. It kind of embodies uh, what I remember about Star Wars, the, the whole father-son dynamic and whatever fucked up relationship I have with my own dad. Um, so that that's mine. I mean, what for you? Like, if you had to be like, hey, now this this is you watch this scene, you'll be hooked. It's really tough because there's there's so many good moments right throughout throughout everything. Even Clone Wars is like my favorite. Like the, the finale season. Yeah, oh my it's god, it's crazy. Uh, but for like just because it's fresh in my memory, I have to say the Luke um, reveal in Mandalorian. That was like. Mm. I wasn't, I was in tears. I was like, I didn't think Star Wars could make me cry again. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think any of us super fans were quite prepared for that emotional gut punch. Um, no, I mean, no. even, even yeah, my I mean, dumbass on the show, yeah. as we were predicting what would happen in eight, I was saying, I'll sit here and cane myself if Luke shows up. Cause they're not going to do it. They're not going to do the CGI yeah. de-aging shit. There's no way he's a sacred cow <laughs> and sure as fuck. You see that X-wing coming through the uh, window of the bridge of Moff Gideon's ship. And you're going, what Wait, huh? No, there's no way. Somehow Ezra got an X-wing. There's no way. And then you 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 see the cloak, and then the hilt comes out, and it's green, and you go, "What the fuck? They did it!" <laughs> I, I think I'm more emotional because that saber has always been like one of my top favorite ones, and you know when it was I got it signed by uh -huh. Mark Hamill, and that hilt. When I when I saw that scene, I was like, "Please be Mark Hamill, not just a CGI." And um, when I found out it was really him, I was like. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a beautiful moment that I don't think anyone will will soon forget. Hey, Justin, someone that does uh, collect these props and then gets them signed, 
Have you had any bad experiences with the celebrities, like kind of treating you like a shithead? No, not really, because you, it, it's almost like an art in itself, you know? You can't just say, hey, can I get your autograph? Like, you have to have some, like, building there. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you, the worst autograph signer in the world, not just Star Wars, is... Natalie Portman. <laughs> <laughs> she just is like, I, I fucking hate you and like slaps a line across the thing or what? She oh, won't sign. Yeah. Ever. Like, she just won't. She won't even look at you. She'll like look Got through you. you. That's insane. So you've tried, have you tried like in, in multiple different places to try to yeah. get her to sign something? Well, I did a, attend an event with her where I sat next to her, but it was one of those like, oscars kind of events where i'm like i can't just pull that i just can't pull my like star wars prop out of my pocket (laughs) hey Um, she'd be like i've got something in my pocket for you natalie she'd be like what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah exactly so but she is the toughest signature um to get which is why she's like worth like three thousand plus Damn. So that's your ultimate goal then on that gun prop is to to yeah. break to break yeah. break through her and, uh, wall and, and get her to sign it. Yeah. Exactly. Actually, I, right now I have so, an image of of Justin and Bill Burr up on the live stream. This is one of his uh, celebrity <laughs> signings here. How was that one? I, I could see Burr either being really cool or kind of a, a dick. He was a uh, he is usually a dick because just because he's a comedian and he right, likes, and, and you know, he like doesn't that, really but, like Star Wars, even though I think it's gotten him even more uh, of a broader no, appeal. I, I think, yeah, I think it's growing on him because he when he saw my helmet, he was doing a, um, a comedy show. When he when he got out, he was like, "No, what, I think because he saw all the other signatures on my helmet, he was just like, "No way, what is that?" And he's like, "Are you serious right now?" And then I'm like, would you mind signing? He's like, you want me on that thing? And, and um, uh, I, I sent you another photo. I had him do like yeah, a I'll, quote. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw it up now while you're talking. Really matched the, the helmet because, you know, he says that um, to Mando. Yeah. All right, yes. Yeah, so I, I got that up now. Uh, I've got the, the actual signature yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, I had him write the quote and then the character name and then he he automatically was like do you want me to give you my home address and my fax too <laughs> <laughs> he, he was just really like witty oh, with his know, as, as expected I, I mean i guess that's pretty cool because I, I could see burr you know he just he's naturally has that and this isn't a bad thing a lot of comedians are this way it's just that dickish personality like what the yeah. fuck are you doing here yeah. you loser get the fuck out of here that type of shit <laughs> uh, yeah yeah but that's that's why comedians are usually the easier. Like when I saw Bill Burr was in Star Wars, I was like, thank God. Like, cause it's Star Wars is usually the hardest um, fandom to get signatures from. Let's kind of uh, Marvel. Let's talk way. about that. Justin, what, what type of work goes into, uh, we're looking at, you've got Din's helmet here. So what type of work goes into scouting out the actors and actresses and then getting in front of them and, and getting the signature? I mean, what, what goes into this process? It's a lot of uh, research, a lot of research. And then um, me being a photographer, I'm in the field already. So I, I, I go to premieres. I go to, um, I'm usually like backstage photographer. So I, I kind of build relationships already. So by the time they, I see them, they know who I am. Oh. But, you know, there's, there's people on the streets who are just 
they, they're asking for autographs and usually those guys are just there to sell right. it mm -hmm. for all for my personal collection so that that's why i said it's all about the approach if you just go to a billboard and you're like can you sign this like there's no you know meaning behind that then you'd get a different yeah, response yeah. So are you hearing this autograph collectors? Because I know there's a lot of you and there's a lot of shitheads, like he just said, that, that go out and they're, they'll, they'll uh -oh. like send send Is little kids out to get uh, autographs and then they take them and flip them. Um, oh, you're, you're going to that. So um, I brought Devin on my first autograph mission and he was just like... He, he he always thought like oh this is really looked you know frowned upon and then when i brought him to the mando premiere he he was like wow there's a bunch of animals like they're they're just like yeah. ruthless they're like the paparazzi uh, right like these these signature people much like paparazzi, yeah um but i told Devin to do it the right way and then he was like he had an amazing experience and then he's like okay now, now i forgive you like okay this is really <laughs> fun like yeah no I, that's kind of what i was what i was getting at i mean seeking the autographs and not being a douche about it is it's it's a hobby in and of itself it's it's like in a it's an attachment yeah. to the hobby of collecting it's, it's a whole other yeah. it's almost like a sport it is a sport and um the best time of the year is usually celebration mm -hmm. that's like the best time because the the star wars actors are expecting fan right. interacting you know yeah but th don't you have to pay so, for them um, at that point like don't they shake it down the wait in the line yeah, that's, well, that, that, that comes back down to the, the whole interaction. You meet them at the bar. If you have a conversation, then they'll open yeah, up yeah. to you. But if you're just there trying to get an autograph, you're, you're probably not going to yeah, get you're, it. You're, you're just yeah. another one in the queue that paid their money, and they'll come up and take a picture with you and sign it, but there's really no meaning or intent behind it. It's just, you know, yeah. stamping it off like, all right. I'm Hayden. I charge you yeah. 50 bucks a pop. You're going to get the same photo, the same <laughs> stamp. Here we go. No, that is cool. I mean, I, cause oh, I know, I mean, yeah. this isn't something I collect, but I would have to imagine the experience of, of kind of scouting this stuff out, going there and then having the balls to get it done has to be a, a high in and of itself in, in this form of collecting. It's definitely a high because you also, just like you guys, we speculate who, what actor is going to be right. who. So right now, on, on my radar is who's going to play Admiral Thrawn, you know? Yeah. That's, that's my, my next mission. So I, I, I usually try to find out who it is before they get announced, because once they're announced, they're harder to get. <laughs> you thinking yeah. they're going to do Lars then and just carry him through like they did with yeah. Katie? Yeah, I think. Yeah. Right? I think. Yeah. I mean, he's got yeah. the look. He's already got the voice. It, it really is the same thing that that Katie Sackhoff did with Bo Katan. So, uh, yeah, and why? That's why Katie was really special to me because I don't think that's ever happened. Before. Let, let's let's talk about that yeah. one, Justin, because it, this is another one just going through your feed that really kind of interested me in your story and and what you do with your fandom. And this is, um, I guess, kind of set it up for us. You had. It sounds like this is another prop that you had made for you based on official scans, or am I incorrect? Yeah, let me, um, sorry, my phone's dying real quick. Let me get a charger. All right, while he's getting a charger, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull up the helmet here. Yeah, man, it, seeing these images, and then, well, one, just seeing, seeing the images themselves, and then two, seeing, you know, like, the fact that he was able to to meet Katie and have her 
you know, sign the helmet. And then also, I mean, like put the helmet on I mean, that is, that's pure craziness. I mean, I, I, I don't know, like it's just, that's just like a dream scenario. Yeah. Like, I mean, to me, it just seems like a fun little interaction between fan and celeb. All right. Looks yeah. like he's, he's charging up here. I'm, I'm just getting shots of, of Katie with the helmet. Cause these are pretty cool. If if yeah, you like Katie I mean, or if you just like Bo Katan, ooh, this one's even a little video of her putting it on. Yeah, video of her putting it on, and you get to see some, uh, you know, some stills of her with it on. I mean, that's that's insane, man. That's so yeah. Cool. When she, she wanted to try it on, I was like, that, "Is mine officially screen worn? Not not screen, but it's officially <laughs> worn." Yeah, yeah. Now 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 it's a now it's a worn prop for sure. Yeah. I mean. Probably find her like hair strands in my. So, so yeah, I know, right? like, Justin, let, let's kind of break this down again. Where did that helmet come from? Was this another one you had commissioned and made for you for this purpose? Oh, so this this was a special one because um, when you know Bo Katan's always been one of our like my favorites personally, and from the Clone Wars and Rebels, and when she made her live action debut, I knew right away as a prop collector that's what I wanted to sign, you know, like the helmet. Cause the, the live action helmet looks a lot different than the animated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So right away I started uh, figuring out how we're going to make this. No one was even thinking about it. And then, um, I, I started working with, um, 3d modelers on making it as accurate as possible because there's people who are already dabbling with it, but I'm obsessed you guys can probably get a um, an idea of this, but I'm obsessed with screen accuracy. A little accuracy. bit. Little bit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like I want, like it came off of the screen. So we've been working on it. Um, me and uh, his name's uh, Jason Props. He he's the builder, and I, we've been working on it since um, the debut of Bo-Katan. And it wasn't until I think like February or March I finally got it in front of Katie, and she just freaked out. She's like. You know, she she told me we didn't get to take any of our props home. Like, how do I get me one of these? Like, he, she was she was saying in Battlestar Galactica, she was able to just like take home all the stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but with, with Star Wars, she was like, there was a person assigned to each part of my costume. Like, there was That's, a person wow. staring at my. Yeah. yeah, she said it was. And so. um I'm going to surprise her and make her. Oh, look at you. Look at you. That's incredible. He could be, man. he could be That's Mr. Awesome. Katie Sackoff here uh, in a year's time. <laughs> have you, have you seen her, uh, her fiance? No, I think she, she may have posted some Instagram photos with him. Or yeah. Something. That, that dude is like the lucky, he's a star Wars fan. So I'm like, how lucky can you be? And she yeah. met him on, she met him on the set of like, uh, another life that she's filming in Canada. Okay. Uh, like how lucky can you be? That's yeah, pretty I've, got, awesome. I've got the shot I mean, up now where it looks like it's in your shelf. So you got the figure with the helmet. It's worn. It's signed, and you you even get these placards made, right? Uh, like an official Star Wars yeah. Mandalorian Bo Katan for her to sign in uh, signature edition. So yeah. you really, I mean, these are custom made props that have now been graced by the actual actress. Yeah, and that's um, that's usually why I try to stay away from the the license stuff just because everyone and their mom can get them. Yeah. So it's, it's just me being like, I want it. I want to be unique. You know, it's not, how did you, how did you like, get 
um, introduced to Katie? Because it looked like you were at some sort of Funko Pop signing event at first. I mean, was this through a convention or did you network this deal? No, there's no conventions going on. That's why um, the celebrities are like, they're fresher because not, not everyone's right. getting them. But the funny thing with Katie was <laughs> I w- I've been trying to get her for a long time just because of the Mandalorian. And uh, she had a, a a send-in service through her her uh, website and her mom actually runs it so i emailed her and it was her mom and i was like i really need to get this helmet in front of katie and she's like oh well she's doing a couple of cons like later in the year i'm like no no no. like i need to be the first and she's <laughs> like what? She's like why what's so special about it and then i sent her a photo and she goes oh okay and she's like all right we need to get you in front of katie and then she like Katie was like filming and doing all these side projects. So I waited until her mom contacted me and like set up a meet. That's incredible. See, I would never even have the idea to do that, to be like, you know, to, to stress the urgency of like being first. I would just be like, okay, well, she's going to do a con. I'll just show up there, I guess. But that like you going out and doing that. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, she's doing a con with um, John Carlo, you know, who plays Moff Mm -hmm. Giddy at the end of, for um, New Jersey, if if anyone's in New Jersey, they're doing a con with um, Katie Sackoff and even Emily Swallow. But um, with John Carlo, I, I you know when he he was teased to have the dark saber, I was like, all right, I need to be the first to like get him on a dark saber. So even before like he was doing anything, I I had to find him right away and get the first yep. one done. And and I'm pulling that up now. First signed dark saber <laughs> right I'm pulling there it up now. John yes. Carlo Esposito, Moff Gideon. I mean, like that is the crazy thing about that one is um, I got that the week after he after the finale. Remember when they showed him and mm-hmm. I, I got it a week after. So he was like blown away. He was like, how did you get this? But it was obviously not the Mandalorian version, mm-hmm. but it's it's the um, Clone Wars version. Yeah. Um, I was like, I just want to be the first. So. But now they're releasing the Hasbro one. You've seen that one, right? I'm, yes. I'm actually getting that one. I haven't collected a lightsaber in years, but this one I, I could one, not pass up weird. on. It's weird for that one. It's Hasbro, but it looks really good. Yeah, it looks it, slick. So I'm, it, I'm, I'm excited to get that one in. Yeah, so... They're getting better um, with their saber builds, I will say. Like, because yeah. um, I've seen like the old like uh, Force Effect sabers were real dinky trash, oh. like... They, 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 they like the the blades were attached. You couldn't take the blades off. That's why I had never bought like a like a Hasbro Force Effect saber prior to the to the uh, Palpatine one that that I just showed was because they were always so low quality. And now with the the Master yeah. Effects Elite, at least they're stepping up their game a little bit, being a little bit more screen accurate, actually making it out of full like a full metal chassis. So yeah, yeah. it would get to like ever and. Um, Disney, the Disneyland ones are, I feel like going backwards for some reason. Like, yeah. Cause I have one of the first Disney parks, Kylo's that's like on my shelf back there. Yeah. And I was actually pretty impressed by that. Cause that looked like a hefty saber when you saw it yeah. on screen. Yeah. And when I, when I got it and I picked it up, I was like, wow, this actually kind of feel like to me, it feels like what, what it would have felt like to use on screen. Mm-hmm. And I thought that they did a really good job with that one, but yeah, it seems like they're just making them even bigger. Um, one uh, question I have for you, like, it seems like doing this, 
like building these custom fabricated props, getting these incredible signatures. Not, not only are you just getting the experiences and you're getting these cool pieces of memorabilia, but like you're just building stories. Like you have so many stories about these interactions with these yeah. incredible actors. What, what's one of your favorite stories of like either how you, how you got the autograph or like the interaction that you had with the person and like when you were getting the autograph, do you have any particular favorite? It, it probably have to be Mark Hamill. Cause he, I got into the game late. Like I, I wasn't, um, prop collecting late, but autograph collecting is very new. I, I think I started 2018, and at that point, Mark Hamill stopped signing in 2017. So okay. it was virtually impossible to get him to sign anything. And uh, even if you saw him on the street one on one, he would not sign your stuff just because he's like, I'm retired from signing. And uh, the last con I did, he did was Celebration Orlando and um, New York Comic Con. So I, I literally just missed it. And um, when I started YouTubing videos about him signing the, the, the neighborhood I was actually living in, he, he had a street named after him in San Diego because he, he grew up there. And he, when I, when I saw the video, this was 2017. And remember I got into the hobby 2018. So he was signing for like the neighborhood for like hours. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. (laughs) (laughs) Really? I literally just missed it. So he was the hardest, besides Natalie Portman, the hardest like to get a signature from. So I kept going to his events, kept going, like kept asking him. Um, and then it was there was an event for Stan Lee's memorial, and I got backstage because I was um, photographing the event, and I, I brought my saber. It's it's this one right here, and yeah. he I said, hey, this is not just a uh, a replica. This is like the production and he's just like oh i can't sign right now like i I don't care what it is i can't sign and i'm like oh come on and then um it was just me and him and he he just wouldn't sign and the reason this is my favorite is uh i kept bothering him about it i I kept (laughs) and it wasn't until the um the rise of skywalker premiere um he uh you know we, we were in the same theater he he saw it again. He's like, you know what? Just give me this. And then he signed it. And the funny thing is, he he like was Mark. so rushed. He was so in a rush that he like got his fingerprint and smeared it. And I'm like, I was kind of mad at the time, but I'm like, oh, I actually have his fingerprint now too. Yeah, it's like look at that. Now you yeah, can verify. Like a, you don't even need it's like a tattoo. It's like yeah. a tattoo. Yeah, you don't need a certificate of authenticity. You have the man's fingerprint right there on the on Justin, the this shot of Mark, is this one that you took then? Yeah, so that that's actually, a, you you probably know about this, Matt. Uh, Fun yeah, Days, Funko Fun, Fun Days. Days, yep. So this was, uh, what was this, 2018 or 2019? He, he surprised everyone with that gold Funko Pop. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know he was going to be there. I was, in, I was, it was my first fun days. And as you know, at fun days, they give you like the prototypes. Right, yeah. They give all these freebies. And I'm like, I'm just here to get freebies. Cause you know, and then he, he freaking comes out on stage. I'm like, what the hell is he doing here? And then he, <laughs> that, um, that gold Funko, which was only like 60 or 80 made. And I was like freaking out. <laughs> I was like, what is he doing here? But, um, he signed like a handful of them. And then those are like, worth a lot now yeah, yeah. So if everyone's yeah, listening here i hope you're, you're you're taking notes on on what justin does in in the the size of his testicles all right 
I mean, I'm talking bowling ball size nuts on this man to, to just to, to, to go out and do all this and, and just kind of put himself out there. He, he's not afraid to hear no. I know a lot of us sometimes you don't want to do this stuff because you don't want to feel awkward. You don't want to get a no thrown at you. But as Justin has shown, with persistence, you can achieve your goals. The funniest one is uh, Samuel Jackson. That's the funniest one because he he curses you out every single oh, I time. Bet. <laughs> I bet. Wait, he probably <laughs> sees you now. He's like, oh, here comes this motherfucker again. <laughs> he, he always goes, how the fuck did you find me? <laughs> and then at, if you keep finding him, he the persistence works with him. He goes, you know what? If I sign this for you, will you leave me alone? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, so he's he's uh, a funny. He always curses you out though, like every single time. That's great though. That's like uh, that's like authentic Sam. That's what I I, I would expect nothing less from him. If yeah, I didn't get cursed out, I'd be upset. <laughs> yeah, like it's not even because you're doing something bad. Like he, that's just how he talks. Which yeah. Is yeah, it seems like I don't know if anyone else knows this probably outside of, of Devin, but SW Props has a, a, another account. And Justin, correct me if I'm wrong. Is it at Justin Nunez official or just at Justin Nunez? Um, it's at Justin Nunez uh, studio. studio. OK, and he is a professional photographer. It looks like he he goes out and shoots as he's been telling us celebrity events. He's got uh, clients as well. And I think you're hearing some of the access that, that this profession has provided Justin and he has kind of taken the ball and run with it. I mean, he's just casually thrown out. Yeah. I was at the Mando premiere with these people. I was at the Tross <laughs> premiere, hanging out with Hamill, getting my lightsaber signed. Um, so Justin, have you found that the photography job or gig has opened up a lot of these doors or given you access to some of these events oh. to get this done? Oh. Yeah, because the the events I get invited to, they give you like guest lists. Right. You know? Like you can see you can see who's coming, um, and you get to build relationships. With yeah, because they they so, probably it, see the same amount of pool photographers or whatnot or, or press. I'm assuming you get a, a press or a journalistic pass. Uh, you're probably on red carpets if they have them or, or behind the scenes. Um, so how'd that start out? Were you like a a, a fashion photographer, or you just did photography yeah, fashion. fashion? Okay. And uh, believe it or not, I see a lot of the Star Wars people there all the time, like John Boyega, um, Oscar Isaac. Sometimes they love fashion events and uh, saw Daisy Ridley one time. But yeah, it's uh, that's where it originated, just shooting these like fashion high end, like, you know, Gucci, Louis Vuitton, that kind of stuff. Uh, these fashion shows, the, the production's insane. Like the the one I did in Paris, it was in front of the Eiffel Tower, and I don't even know. I don't want to know how much they spent on these things, but um, just being there, you, you're around the celebrities, and you know, it's a fun time. But with COVID, it's I haven't done a fashion show in like a couple of years now. Slowed down of, a bit, I bet. Yeah, yeah. Are you getting any? Are you getting any you. work right now during COVID? I mean, is it? Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's picking up just because a lot of people, a lot of photographers who are your competition don't want to work because of COVID, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, it, it actually worked out for me, like it's less competition. Yeah, yeah. I saw that picture. You got a dope-ass picture of you and Mike Tyson on a boat together, too. I saw uh, that. 
How was that? How was meeting Iron Mike? Was he as crazy uh, as he seemed? Oh, he's he's even crazier than he seems. Like he he was just like <laughs> kind of like going on tangents, like not really all there. Like he's just rambling, <laughs> and uh, I'm like trying to direct him, and he just starts rapping. I'm like. All right, I guess this is just got to roll but. with it. I mean, at that point, I believe he was also uh, smoking forty thousand dollars a weed a month. I believe that's what he said. Yeah, he does. He's got his own weed. Yeah, farm. so you got him. You got him extra special. I mean, he already had a few <laughs> screws loose from getting beaten ahead, but now he's exactly. all doped up. But no, I mean, Justin, trust me. The, the guy has a very interesting story. Um, documents it pretty well on his his social media. Obviously, the Star Wars stuff on at SW Props. Uh, but his uh, his other photography, real life photography, not the toy stuff that we talk about mostly on this show, uh, on his uh, uh, other account. So back to your collection as we kind of wrap things up here. Do you care to give us a an estimate for your total collection in terms of a dollar value? <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know, to be honest with you. I, I kind of... Uh thought about that because a lot of I've had personal friends in the in the hobby who have passed away and I always thought like if I pass away tomorrow how would my sister you know my fiance know how much these are worth like they're not going to know so I do have to like you have to get insurance on these things and that's when you really have to like okay how much do these cost like what's the the value um but no I haven't I haven't gone that down you know I haven't even thought about it. I mean, I, I'm going to throw out a guess, but I, I'd say we're talking at least 25K at this point in time. Oh, man, I would I would go even higher. <laughs> but I mean, knowing how much like you put, you know, monetary value. Right, that, on that's the, just what he pays to, to like build yeah, the shit. I, I'm talking do. about if he if he if he sold yeah. it. Yeah, it's probably double the twenty five thousand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty crazy. Seems like Justin may have frozen a little bit. We got, we he did tell us that he might get run into some Uh-oh. connectivity issue. So hopefully he comes back pretty soon. But um, yeah, I mean life size. Oh, there he is. There we go. There we go. Snap back. He's back. <laughs> He's back. Okay. But yeah, I mean if you look behind Justin, you see the life size Wada, the life size Yoda, and all of the other like it, you're not only paying for the prop, and if you're like buying these items. You're 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 paying for the experience. You're paying for the autograph. You're paying for all of the work that went into to getting these authenticated and everything else. I mean, like this is, I mean, in terms of personal value to you, Justin, I imagine it's just like priceless. If if somebody yeah. came up to you, you'd just be like, no, no, thank you. Oh yeah, people um, message me all the time, and I, it's just all the, it's just the same thing as like the Funko Pops we talk about. When when there's so much that goes into it, it's hard to let it go. It's like your baby, you know. Yeah. Like, but if you can, if you buy something that you can buy later, there's a different, you know, feeling behind that. Yeah. So exactly. When, when it's custom made, it's, it's hard. You hey, know? Justin, at this point in time, would you say the allure to you is more the experience of thinking about a collectible, charting out the signatures, meeting the people? Is, is that why you do it more so than actually having the item at this point in time? Yeah, it's more um, having that experience with the with the actor. Like I'm doing it with Katie right now, and she's she's freaking out. She's like, I I gave her a couple things already, and she she's just like, I I really wanted to leave the set with all the props, and I couldn't. So and her her fiance was like, Did you 3D print these? I'm like, No, no, no these aren't like low level 3D printed. Stuff. 
like at the same materials used on the show, fiberglass and, you know, resin. Um, so it's, it's just seeing um, that reaction that they get yeah. when they're like, they're, you know, they're Star Wars fans too. Right. So some of them, some um, of them, I, I wouldn't say all of them, some of them definitely. <laughs> so. Well, you know, Katie's like a diehard. So. Well, yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. she's Katie. just, she's fantastic. Cause I mean, she's a, she's a dork and nerd like the rest of us and is proud, yeah, proud yeah. of it. So, you know, when you two are best friends, don't forget to mention the Star Wars time show. <laughs> but we, we, we'd love to have her on as a guest and, you know, we, we might have yeah. our man right here being the, the, the middle man to get that done. So. <laughs> well, Devin made sure not to, um, that I didn't forget to like ask you guys, are you guys going to celebration? So we, I know that in 2022 is going to be in Anaheim, right? That's the Anaheim yeah. one. Okay. Yeah. So initially when it was in 2020, we were planning to not go cause we had just come back from the Chicago one. Um, in, in 2022 though, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's, 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 it's more of a possibility. Yeah, I, I was going to say it's, we're going to be talking three years since our last celebration. And I, I can yeah. even now I'm starting to feel the itch. The show's got a little more popular. We have a little more of a following. We've met some more fans. We have our discord now. Yeah. So I, I think I'm leaning more towards attending. I don't have anything yet. I'm going to have to hopefully get media badges, but we're, we're not quite big enough to get two. I don't think so. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, it's okay. I think at this point in time, we may try to get out there. At least that's how I'm feeling. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause that, I, we keep talking about it. We'd love to have you guys here and just hang yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to just, you know, run into a lot of uh, you people that we tricked into listening to this little silly show <laughs> once a week. I mean, come on, you're, you're most of uh, the, the, the 10 are you or why we get up and do this anymore. So I, yeah, I, I totally <laughs> want to meet the star Wars time show fan base at large. Uh, but but yeah, more more I importantly, mean, we got Justin's going to be you know he'll he'll be getting us behind the red velvet rope. <laughs> He's going to be on first name basis with Katie at that point in time. She's going to be like Katie, she'll be like, Justin, my man, what's going on? <laughs> uh, you know we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll be handing out Star Wars time shows hats while no one's looking. So yeah, I I, I would love to link up with you and and Devin and and anyone no, I, else for sure. No, I mean I told Devin this like you guys are obviously our favorite. Um, podcast but the reason why i love you guys so much is it's like when i'm editing late like countless hours in the middle of the night editing photos you know how long it takes um i love just having you guys in the background yeah. just like well, listening. thank you we we are yeah. good at making white we, noise we're definitely good at that yeah, yeah. we can babble on for three hours so you don't even need to change the show you yeah. can just keep it on one episode and you, you can do all your work uh, i'm gonna exactly. work on my fan noise next for for white for a white noise sample <laughs> yeah, just, track some a- asmr like, track so. <laughs> but yeah i think uh, i think for celebration 2022 you could probably you could probably put us at a solid 70% now and then we'll keep you updated as we get closer to the date. But I am feeling like a 2022 Anaheim celebration could be a fun time for sure. It's, yeah. Oh yeah. And, uh, after the first, was that your first one too in Chicago? Oh no, that was my first Bro, one. I, I, I went to celebration and, two in Indianapolis in 2002 uh, for attack of the clones. How was that? Insane, because I actually cosplayed, and that was before cosplay was even a thing. I mean, if you think about it, 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 it people weren't doing that shit in mass back in 2002. Yeah. So I rolled there with my stunt buddy, 
who is now like he's pretty high up in the stunt game works on impressive shit but we, we roll out there as a bunch of dildos you know 21 22 i was the short obi-wan kenobi he made himself the the anakin skywalker the leather tunic and all that shit and we became celebrities for the weekend because if you <laughs> walked around those days and people were dressed up they they're like holy shit Look at these guys. They must yeah. be somebody. And it got us into the really long. We didn't have to wait in the long line to get in. We got interviewed by the local news. I might have been a few too many joints deep to be on local news <laughs> at that at, at that point in time. But oh, well, um, I love Celebration, too. I wish they were still like they were back then, but they've turned into these yeah. massive beasts now. Uh, but the, the Celebration 2 and 3 in Indianapolis were, in my opinion, uh, my favorites just because they were still kind of core to just star wars fandom yeah. it didn't become you got to have a lottery ticket to watch this or that or this every fucking thing was open yeah. you could just walk into the room and listen and leave if you didn't want to stay there they had community viewing nights or they'd had the the movies in the theaters it just it's become a huge read pop circus at this point in time but that's yeah. what happens with anything star wars i mean well that's why because um i can't imagine back then there's probably no autographers no selfie people there's just there's just bro fans, there, there yeah. weren't even fucking smartphones in 2002 i mean <laughs> people were taking pictures with throwaway cameras still you know what i mean i mean there's think about 2002 the iphone wasn't out there was there was no camera pictures unless they were those really shitty half a megapixel flip flown joints so it, yeah, it was yeah. wild. It, it, it's it's an experience I'll never forget. I mean, I it, it was that big of a shock and awe walking out in Jedi robes and having 20,000 people stare at you like, what the fuck? Are these people high? Yes. Are they are they <laughs> yeah. are they weirdos? I mean, it, it, it was wild, man. It was, that's all I can say. It was wild. Uh, they were still trying to figure out celebration. I mean, trying to get the exclusives was a shit show, but. Uh, like I said, I like the, it was a little more toned down and focused back in those days compared to what, uh, I've been to the past two. I was in the one in Orlando for TLJ and then the one, uh, we all just did in, in 2019 in Chicago. <sighs> I did like the Chicago venue. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I didn't like the time of year. I think they should have saved that for the summer, but I love the Chicago venue yeah, and being able to cut out in a snowstorm. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> uh, snow troopers and like. It looked like hot outside, so it was yeah, kind of cool. Yeah, it was a little too cold, though. It was uh, like, hey, we, we, we don't want to be in snowing weather waiting to go watch the Mandalorian panel for the first time. Well, believe it or not, that's that's where I met Devin for the first time. Really? That's awesome. And, yeah, and you're both, so both California he, boys that I'm, I'm guessing live somewhat close to each other. Yeah, so he, he only had like, a, like 500 followers at that point, but he... You know, the lottery system fucked him. Like, he was just like, I got into all the panels. He didn't. So yeah. we, were, we were scrambling. We were, like, trying to pay people online. Can I get your ticket? Can I get your ticket? <laughs> uh, got him in. And, you know, that moment with the Tross, uh, you know, with um, Ian McDermott coming out, that was yep. just insane. I was, I was in attendance for that one and the Mando panel. And the, the, yeah. How crazy was it? That was like a different. I, the, the the Tross panel with the with Ian and the trailer reveal is one of my favorite Star Wars fan moments of all time because of the electricity in that little arena. I mean, oh. it was. I've actually I have my kind of reaction 
to it. I, I recorded the trailer from the stands and I just react naturally to it. And it, it's about as organic as it gets. I mean, I'm like, woo, yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, like, oh my God, it's Palpatine. And then, you know, we, we saw the full movie and it didn't like some of the prequels to me didn't live up to my expectations, but uh, oh well. Oh well, that that moment was fucking awesome. Like, like titty hard on times 10 type of moment. Oh yeah, like but we can't stop talking about that movie. Um, but it was cool because we we stayed at the hotel. I think it was the Marriott or something, uh, where all the actors stayed. And like Devin and I like met all the actors at the bar, and That's it was just. Insane. And I'm like, is this how every celebration is? Well, I was I was just gonna say, if that was your one and only, I'm gonna caution you that they're not like that. Uh, uh, like it's Chicago. And I know every other fan did it, but anyone could get into celebration without a badge at Chicago, and that doesn't happen anywhere else. It was, yeah, the shit show. I, I mean, sure. outside yeah. of the special events like J- uh, Justin was talking about, where you, you did, people were somewhat looking at tickets to get into like the Tross reveal, the Mando reveal. The show itself, no one gave a flying yeah. fuck if you had a badge or not. You, you no, could just yeah. walk right in. You could tour the whole floor. It wasn't until what yep. Sunday, Nick, that they they actually started putting people on the floor, going, "Hey, let me see your badge. Hey, let me see this." Yeah, like I was surprised because Matt had left it like a, a a day earlier than me and Taylor did, so we we got to use Matt's pass to kind of walk the <laughs> floor with Taylor and like. That was the first time I seen anybody look at a, a badge. I was, I even told her, I was like, oh. you probably don't even need it. Like you can just walk yeah. through whatever. And you know, the, the best part was the autograph lines. Yeah. Cause I got in the autograph line and they didn't even scan my ticket. So <laughs> all, I, all I, is I U-turn, I yeah. U-turn and went around. I think I made five laps with Peter Mayhew. <laughs> you just be like, hey, it's me again. <laughs> just a, can yeah. you sign this now? Can you sign this? No, I did. I did, and and unfortunately, that was the the week he passed away. But yeah, I know that was that was the last time that we ever got to was, see. I was just milking it because they're they're not checking. Like it yeah. was just. They, they had yeah, no celebration cares. Chicago. While I did appreciate the venue because I like the city, I like the uh, the transportation, the the trains, the rails, all that fun stuff. There's there was stuff yeah. to do at night. It's they're typically not that loose in terms of how security is ran. I mean that I don't know if they're trying to course correct from Orlando because that one was a nightmare. I remember day one. The line was like six hours uh, before it even opened. It was six hours long. They weren't even letting uh, media in because I had a media badge for my old website. And they're like, no, you got to wait. I'm like, fuck you. I got to wait. I got appointments at this, this and this to talk to X, Y and Z. And eventually I found the right person. I got in. But Orlando was the complete opposite of Chicago. I heard why uh, Mark Hamill stopped signing too because it was a total shit show. It was show. ridiculous. I mean, it's just it, basically if you didn't camp out on concrete at Orlando, you were doing nothing special. It, sometimes not even getting uh-huh. onto the show floor for a couple hours. You you had to sleep either outside yeah. or in their concrete human pens. Yeah, see, I think we like Devin and I got lucky. Like this is our first experience. And we were just like the Anaheim one has me slightly itchy just because, you know, getting out there where Anaheim's at the the nightmare of driving in Southern California, period. I mean, most. Well, you you can always ride with us. So, (laughs) yeah, we'll just we'll just catch rides because you pretty much you have to basically either fly into LAX or San Diego, right? 
Yeah, and we and like I'll tell you guys right now, we'll pick you up from the airport. All right. There we go. <laughs> there we, go. we got transportation set up got, already. Got, got fucking to worry personal about. Ubers were ready to rock and roll. There we go. All right. But D D23 happened there. And okay, yeah. It was actually like it went pretty smooth. So um I have high hopes for for Anaheim. Yeah, hopefully so because I know that it can. I feel like 2022 is going to be crazy because people are going to be chomping at the bit to be back out. People are yeah. going to be excited to see because 2022, if you think about it, we should probably get a trailer for or at least the like a, a teaser for the Patty Jenkins movie, the, the yeah. Rogue Squadron. So people are going to be ready to go for that. And then we already know that we're going to get some Disney Plus content reveals and everything. So I think Celebration 2022 is going to be pretty exciting. Whereas if it would have happened in 2020, we were probably looking down the barrel of like a relatively nothing celebration, like no real big reveals, but I agree. Yeah. I mean, what what we would have got at 2020 was what they did in November with the, you know, Kathleen Kennedy coming out. Here's all our shows. That was essentially celebration barfed up in one stage uh, promo. Exactly. Exactly. All right, Justin. Well, um, did you want to stick around for a Bad Batch breakdown or you need to get out of here, right? No, I can. What, what time is it's, it? One o'clock? Yeah. One o'clock your time. Uh, we, One o'clock. Um, yeah, I just stick around for a bit. Right. So okay. we're, we're going to go ahead and keep at SW Props on for our Bad Batch S1 E2 breakdown. If you have not watched that episode at this point in time, do what we always tell you to do. Take that fist, stare at it, and then punch yourself right in between the nose <laughs> and then go watch the episode. All right. Because you're going to have some spoilers inbound. So um, thanks for sticking around, Justin. It was awesome talking to you, learning about the uh, collectibles trade. Uh, hopefully some of you that are into the prop collecting got some tips from Justin. Don't steal his ideas for the props, <laughs> but I, I think he has a lot of good advice for those of you that um, are, are into seeking autographs and uh, making special collectibles uh, for yourself. And in the case of Katie Sackhoff, also special to the 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 signee or the celebrity that it was made for. Yeah. I, I really I love the, the the Katie story, the Mark story, um, a lot of good yeah. stuff from Justin today. So thanks for sharing. All right, so now it is time for some Star Wars time. Let's go ahead and close Justin's awesome looking collectibles and pull up our Bad Batch post. All right, Justin. So we usually just uh, kind of go around the we the around the table here at first, and just we'll, we'll each give our our our, our brief um, opinion on the episode as a whole. Then I'll go through and discuss the Easter eggs I found, as well as talking about some of the key moments, just to catch people up that might not be as astute as a Star Wars fan as we all are. <laughs> um, um, since I'm the hero, I'll go first. Yes. Um, first and foremost, I'm not going to sit here and, and ever say any content of Star Wars is filler content. I, I think that's a that's a cheap way of trying to critique or describe an episode that you might have not found up to your likings. And and that's not what I'm saying about S1E2, a.k.a. cut and run. I actually like these types of episodes, gentlemen, because they they allow for world and or character building. And, and I think we got a lot of character building for Hunter and Omega in this episode. And it, it really kind of 
uh, galvanized their relationship and, and kind of highlighted what some of the creators were saying in that the, the Hunter Omega bond is quite similar to the Din and Grogu bond that we just witnessed play out in The Mandalorian. So while it wasn't as action intense, we didn't have as, as much variety in, in the galaxy itself or the players in the galaxy. I did find this episode to be uh, quite entertaining and uh, helpful in terms of moving the Bad Batch beyond just a, you know, a a goofy, a goofy group of group of clone specialists into these, you know, people on the run that also now are forming a family with Omega. They're, They're learning to care for each other outside of just the mission, the orders and, you know, clones do what clones do. Um, so I, I quite enjoyed it. I, I wouldn't say it was as entertaining as the premiere, uh, but to me, anything Star Wars that adds to the world and, and builds our characters, I'm all for it. Yeah, I, I, I kind of, you know, mirror Matt's sentiments here where I like the episode. Um, it, of course, it's not going to meet the the hype and, and, and pomp and circumstance around a 75 minute plus premiere episode. Um, that's really built to, to grab you immediately and pull you in. But it does do a good job of building those character bonds and relationships, especially like seeing that essentially like when they got to, to Salukamai and they were talking to Cud, they were basically trying to foist this girl off. They were like, hey, all right, great. We're here. Glad that you're doing well here. You take Omega. We have shit to do. And, you know, it wasn't exactly that you know they didn't feel like it was their charge to keep this girl safe they were like let's let's put her on somebody who we trust to a degree and then we have to get out there and and get some work done and and try to you know fix the galaxy is essentially what they were trying to do um but it was it was really cool to see how it wasn't you know it wasn't hunter's you know, heart that was like, no, we can't let her go. Or it wasn't any of the, the people in the bad bash. that was like, no, we can't let this girl go. It was her coming yes, back. And it was saying, her herself. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to be here with you guys. I, I feel like this is my spot. Um, so yeah, it, it wasn't, you know, it, it's, it's like episodes that we've seen in the clone wars where it's like you're, you have 22 episodes to fill a season. Not all of them can be action packed bangers. Like sometimes you have, some small character building moments. You have some world building moments and stuff like that. So I enjoyed it for, for what it was. Justin, what'd you think? Yeah, that's, I, I, I agree with you both because it's kind of like, you guys watch Mortal Kombat, right? I, I yeah. did. I don't, I don't know if Nick watched I have the movie. watched Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So it's like, it, there was no investment in the characters because there was no character building. Yeah. So that's that's kind of where I'm getting at with this with Omega because it's you're you're kind of figuring out who she is and who she could be. Um, so you need these kind of episodes because if not, then you just you're not invested in her. Exactly, exactly. All yeah. Right. And I think that that's going to take a couple of you know. There's going to be a couple more episodes like this, I think, too, where you you are seeing the like this family like you said matt these fam this family start to come together and bond and you're going to see you know moments of tension between omega and you know potentially some of the bad batch and then between you know probably the bad batch members themselves saying like all right look we got to get rid of this girl. well even but, like you know. I, i'm pretty sure in this episode when hunter kind of does his thing without telling the rest of the batch i believe it's wrecker says like hey where's the girl like wh- wh- where yeah. is she at let's go 
Um, yeah. All right. So yeah. l- let's go ahead and we'll, we'll break down the eggs first and then we'll we'll talk about some of the key moments. You never know where the discussion is going to go. Uh, but just following along, if you're on the live stream, we're just pulling off of the Star Wars Time.net post, the breakdown that I put out there on YouTube, which, by the way, we'd love for you to subscribe to our <laughs> We'd love to you. I'm not drinking yet. OK, that was just a little, <laughs> little flub of the brain there. Uh, give us a sub on YouTube if you haven't already done so. And if you are watching on YouTube now, make sure to like this live stream and leave a comment, even if the comment is derogatory or negative about myself. <laughs> All right, so Easter eggs. I mean, there, there was a couple good ones in here, a couple easy ones, a couple just, hey, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, up first, like Nick said, we we return to Seleucami, uh, which was, you know, talked about throughout the prequel era, definitely featured in the Clone Wars. When we meet one of our next references coming up, he, the, the, the cut character and Sue were actually introduced many, many, many years ago, seasons ago in the Clone Wars when Captain Rex kind of gets... Uh, separated from his squad and finds cut and learns about him being a deserter and, and what that means up next on Salukamai, we kind of get a, a double whammy in the form of the Nuna, AKA swamp turkeys <laughs> and the Nexu, which um, the beast again was first seen in attack of the clones. That's the cat that goes, yep. a- goes after Justin's lady love, um, Padme, <laughs> I forget the Nuna where they first appeared. It might be uh, Rebels. I, I I know I captured I it, it in was... the video breakdown that no one watches, so it's in there. But sometimes <laughs> when we get to Showtime, I forget all the little hardcore notes. All right, moving along. Like I said, we knew this was coming. The damn episode title gave it away. Gave it away, but cut and run. Um, so we get references, eggs, if you will, to the Clone Wars in the form of Sue who is Cut's wife, and then Cut Laquane, who is the first clone that uh, at least was known or pointed out that he was able to desert the, the clone army. I mean, he did this way back towards the start of the Clone Wars. And we actually yeah. got a good question in our, our Discord, like, why didn't Cut react to the order? And I, I explained it. it it's kind of like... Uh, like the Winter Soldier. It, it's like a sleeper agent type of code that you actually have to hear in your head yeah. to, to be activated. So that's why cut didn't go nuts. And we know why the bad batch didn't go nuts because they were already slightly deformed and some of their chips were fucked up. Um, Crosshairs was really the only one that was quasi functioning for the order, which allowed him to fully betray his bros. Um, another thing I want to make clear though, and I don't think I'm, I'm speaking out of turn here. Uh, the, the two twilight children, uh, which I have on the next screen here. Uh, was it Shay and Jack? Those yeah. aren't from Cut. Yeah. Okay, I, I th- That's why I, I never assumed that they were Cut's well, kids. Well, th- there's people on Reddit. I mean, we always have to correct the Star Wars Reddit fans, but they're like, oh, now we might know <laughs> that that Her- that Jason's going to look more like a Twi'lek as he ages, and I'm assuming they think that's because Cut is a human that had babies with... No. Now, cut cuts kind of like the stepdad from my recollection. Yeah, and also like there, not enough years have passed since cut it, has exactly. I mean, the cl- <laughs> for these kids to be this age, I think people forget that the Clone Wars in total was three years long. That's it. Yeah, That's these it. would still be like you had children. Attack of the Clones kicked it off, then the Clone Wars cartoon, and then it was over by the end of Revenge of the Sith. Uh, but the children, I, I did make them as an egg because the, the name Jack is actually used in one of the Lego Star Wars series for a clone 
called Jack when the emperor was trying to make force clones. Porkins. Yeah. yeah Jack Porkins' yeah. first name is Jack, Jack. Porkins, too. So there's all sorts of eggs on this one. All right. Um, we're starting to see that lovely looking imperial crest or the logo is popping up. And, and we got to see it in the shipyard here on Seleucami. Uh, now, I did verify it is not the Old Republic crest. The Old Republic rolls with eight columns, I believe, where uh, the Republic only use, or I'm sorry, the Empire only uses six. Yes. Um, we also, you just got to love the clones at this point. I mean, they're, they are, they're even bigger dickheads than stormtroopers because if anything, <laughs> you know they can actually shoot, right? Yeah, no. It's like these are actual train killers. Yeah, I mean they are they're, they're they're train killers that can shoot and they can be programmed to be as big of dicks as they need to be. All right, this little uh, alien right here, uh, she kind of gave us two little references. Uh, first off, her species is the Alina, which is the same species as good old Rats Tyrell from the Boonta Eve Pod Race Racers. Right? See, we go deep <laughs> sometimes here. But yeah. the interesting thing here, boys, and, and I didn't really know this until I did my research after the episode, but she, uh, by talking to Cut and Hunter, essentially explained to us fans how the whole chain code system came into place in the Galactic Empire. And, and the right. chain code system is actually something that is not mentioned until the mandalorian itself when when he's actually mm -hmm. talking about can i get the chain codes for his bounties right yeah, um yeah. so i i loved and that's why i love episodes like this while they might not be shiny and flashy on the exterior the the lore they deliver is to my liking i, I just like knowing that we finally got to see how and why the empire created these chain codes and it really is as tech explains and we we have learned through subsequent episodes of mando it was to create a registry of every galactic citizen so they could find you at any point in time yeah, yeah. go ahead justin it happened in solo as well right yeah yeah they they would already been established because i mean this we're we're talking a few days a few weeks after the rise of the empire at this point so the there he's mm -hmm. going out sidious or palpatine he's having all his admirals vice admirals they're going out now where the clone forces were and they are implementing the chain codes and they also mentioned the the ship identification which is another thing that has popped yeah. up in future star wars just in the last season of mandalorian hey what's your what's your ship's code your transmission code he's like oh i don't know because he didn't want him to know that he was that razor crest uh, so all this came into place right at the fall of the republic for the empire to take control and essentially track every citizen that lives in it so i i really like this throwaway scene if you will because it lays a groundwork for how the empire controlled and it kind of pays off on a lot of these control mechanisms that we've heard about but never really learned why they're put in place in um, future yeah. star wars like the mando itself all right here we go i don't know if this was snaggletooth himself but uh, it is a zutton <laughs> All right, so I, I threw that in there, and I I don't typically include just random aliens. I I, I like to tie them to known types of aliens or characters from the cantina. That's why um, we're we're just going to pretend this is Snaggletooth. 
Snaggletooth, even though he's not wearing his red or blue outfit at this point in time. Yeah. Um, did anyone else notice or I mean, maybe all clones did, but Hunter's using a Jedi communicator. Yeah. I, yeah, I thought, I I thought clones use something different or just their helmets or why, 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 why is he using a Jedi communicator or, or did all the clone so, commanders have one? I know that the communicators are like are built into the helmets because you remember when when um, Luke and and Han bust up the the troopers in Episode Four take the suit. I, I I don't think you see it, but they take the communicator out of the helmet, and that's what they're using to talk to each other with. So like the 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 comms always in the helmet, but maybe because the like they were special troopers, they got special access to to higher level comms or something like that. But yeah, it was it is much more similar to the, I mean, the Jedi. I mean, it, ones. It's dead on. I pro- I'm probably not using the right image, but I'm a weirdo sometimes, and I'll actually get in there, scan and stretch, and then I'll go compare it to. I was I was <laughs> using a lot of Liam Neeson shots for this one. Because, uh, I mean, yeah. he, he's the one that used it most yeah. extensively in the films when he's caught radioing in the midichlorian yeah. counts. Yeah. Yeah. That um, that prop is actually a, a woman's razor. You know oh, what? Shit. You're you are. That makes 100 yeah. percent sense, because now I think about it, I think it's like the glade. It's yeah, it's like really yeah. wide. That They really do look to see that they don't call them at SW props for no reason, people. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you want to talk about, I might know some lore and history about Star Wars, but this guy's pr- probably going to know everything under the sun about props, where they came from, how yeah. they're made. And, and I love that knowledge. Yeah. Uh, That's next cool. one here. And like I, I just said, I don't typically feature aliens unless they could be tied to someone famous. And I'm saying this Bith right here one day will join the modal notes. Right. Yeah. You think he's the, uh, yeah. Which one do you think he, he he's the one there on the go. left, yeah, He's right? the one. You playing tell. that that dildo yeah. looking thing so yeah <laughs> that's that guy uh we got to see a familiar looking transport it's called the star commuter 2000 that's the official name that's not something i made up uh but i believe this was first featured in rebels it's been featured in resistance uh so this is a familiar looking transport that uh popped up here again i I believe the star commuter, I don't know if it's a 2000 model, but it's also the name of the, of the ship that the ship that you go in when you do star. Okay. Tours. Uh, Nick, like I was going to say, star it, commuter it, or something. is it similar to the one that's used on, on uh, Rider resistance? It's not. Cause that's a special one. It's actually in Lego form. So I know it's not that, but I think you might be onto something. Uh, yeah. But yeah, or maybe that's why they named this the star, the, the star commuter 2000, but that is the name of this ship. And uh, this was not the first time it popped up, so it is very valid for an Easter egg or a reference. Speaking of valid eggs, if you look back there, we see a a, a smelter droid, the same model as 8D8 from Jabba's Palace. All right, so he's yep. he's there smelt he's cool. smelting something. And then the last little mm-hmm. egg I had here, and I think I missed one with Wrecker. Someone told me I did, and I, they may be right, but I guess Wrecker bangs his head kind of like the Stormtrooper did. But in the end, good old Meathead himself is is using a gonk droid as a dumbbell. Um, so, <laughs> you know, we had, the, we had the gonk droid in there, and the whole time he's just going gonk, gonk, as he is getting uh, <laughs> hoisted up and down. I saw you talking about Wrecker's uh, doll. Right? Yes. Do you know? Did you know a little uh, background behind that, Lula? No, I mean, I, maybe. But remember the one, the doll from uh, from Batu from Galaxy's Edge. 
It's like the Tuca doll. Okay. I think is it the I mean it kind of for that. So that's the tie in yeah. then. All right. That makes sense. It's a way to, you know, shift some merchandise from the edge. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, Justin, I was like, I, I, I mean, that's something I was researching. I had it on my list when I watched her premiere to, to look for. Is it an Easter egg? Is it a reference to something? And I couldn't I couldn't quite nail it down. So you you may be right. I was even looking at the, the name Lula. I was like, who's Lula? We have an Ula, but not a Lula to my knowledge. Yeah. All right. So those are the Easter eggs. Now I'm going to kind of kind of go down the key moments. Maybe we'll get some discussion here. Maybe we'll just keep rattling through. You never know. Uh, but to me, the, the first key moment here, uh, I, I think, is the fact that for the first time, the uh, Clone Force 99. Uh, well, I OK, the first thing that was interesting is they learned from cut that Rex just passed through like like yeah. re- they're on the heels of Rex. So I'm starting to think that episode three, they might catch up to him because it looks like they're going to that busted ship planet. Uh, but Rex is right in front of him, and it sounds like Rex is kind of going around doing what you'd assume Kenobi and Yoda might have done after they learned that their world just came crashing down. And he's kind of going around trying to find the name clones to see if they've gone batshit crazy to help them. Uh, and it looks like he started mm-hmm. with with Cut to see how he reacted to the chip, and he explains the chip to Cut, which in turn... The Clone Force 99 clones finally realized that it was a chip that fucked everyone up. So, like I said last week, what they're doing with Crosshair, even though I called it and he was going to break bad, but the fact that they did highlight that it was a chip and the chip being tweaked, and now Clone Force learning that it is a chip, that is going to open up their graces on Crosshair. Crosshair is going to have a redemption moment. It's probably going to cost him his life. But he will have a redemption moment, even if he takes out one of his brothers first. It's coming. They're 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 slowly yeah. building to it. Uh, but I, yeah. I, I I like the exchange here, and I did think it's key to learn that Rex is on his own mission across the galaxy to kind of find his new place, while also warning. I mean, this is probably his journey where he finds Wolf and Gregor and snaps them the fuck out of it. Uh, but also, I just like how everyone looked at Tech. Like you didn't tell us it was a chip. It. it and he's like, well, I just figured everyone knew. And and I believe Super Scoundrel was sharing a fun new meme based on based yeah. on tech that that, that we uh, threw in our stories that kind of plays on that. And it's the whole like, how did you guys not know that was Palpatine the whole time? <laughs> he's just like, the tech's like, well, I figured it was just obvious or something like that. Go go check yeah. out go know? check out the meme. I think at SW Props has it up too. All right, a, another key moment between these two. Um, is we learn from Cut that he doesn't think Omega is just another enhanced clone like the Bad Batch. And, and he gives us a key piece of, of knowledge here. And he says, listen, Hunter, the, the, the Kaminoans do not create without purpose. That's the exact line. Mm-hmm. They do not create without purpose. So the fact that she was made well after Clone Force 99 and seemingly was being used in the laboratories for this, that, and the other thing, um, leads cut to believe that her her true purpose has not been revealed yet, which I think all of us know is yeah. coming. We postulated last week that, that there could definitely be some some force science going on with Omega. She could be one of the first clones where they did try to infuse some force, which could catch the eye of Palpatine and obviously lead to his own experiments. But cut, but cut yeah. kind of puts it out there, you know. 
plain and simple. Listen, she's not just an enhanced clone like you guys. She was enhanced for a purpose. What that purpose is, we yeah. do not know yet. You guys get a feeling that, because I, I kind of got the feeling that she could be a bad guy. Like, she could be a spy. Like, there's certain points I was like, wait a minute, she she seems like she's up to no good in the ship. Did you guys get that I, feeling? I have not gotten that feeling yet. I'm not going to discount that take, but I have not gotten that feeling yet. I, I think she is going to be someone that is going to have an impact on Star Wars down the road, like some of this live action stuff we're getting. I, I believe she's going to have that much of a uh, an impact in this series, which is in turn going to kind of send ripples down the canon into the future stuff. I think that is an interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's got like me thinking now. Theory. Though you got me thinking. Yeah, because if you think about it, like you know, she has no attachment to these clones outside of like, oh, you you know, their their brief interaction that they've had so far from Camino to here to Salukamai, and yeah, you can say that like, oh, well, you know, we're you know, they're family because they're all these enhanced clones or they're they're separately built, but like. I, I don't know. Like if she was a spy, of course she wouldn't want to leave. Like she wants to get back. Like she doesn't want to, 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 you know, jet off with this cut guy and his family because it's her mission to stay with these people. Um, she's clearly gifted. I got, I got the feeling when she was in the ship and she was kind of looking around like that's okay. when I was that would be quite a turn. That would be quite a turn because I don't think that it'd be like it'd be like, like Grogu going to the dark side. I mean, I'm I'm not saying it's it's not out of the realm of possibilities. <laughs> yeah, that was possible. I just I don't know. Yeah. I have I haven't gotten that yet, Justin. But like I said, I'm not going to sit here and, and tell you you're wrong quite yet. <laughs> just not, yet. Not, not <laughs> just yet. I might yet. save that for a rainy Tuesday, but not 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 quite yeah. yet. But no, I mean I I think that that is, you know, keep it keep it open because that would be that would be a hell of a twist in this yeah, show. It'd, it'd, be, it'd be crazy. Off. I don't I just I don't know. There, yeah. There's a part of me that thinks that she's going to play into the whole reason uh, you know what like the stuff palpatine's doing doing on exegol even even by the time of empire strikes back as we learned through the most recent vader con uh comic he took luke's hand and he was creating beings infused with the midichlorians uh to ultimately perfect either force soldiers or his own uh clone sarcophagus if you will um, yeah. And I think she may lead into that type of stuff, which would also lead into what we're seeing in the Mandalorian with Grogu. You know, they the Empire probably ran out of force juice with Luke's hand. And because of Palpatine wiping out all the Jedi, their reserves of force blood are low. That's why Grogu was such a coveted asset at the time of the of the remnant. Um, but I don't know, man, that that heel turn could be very interesting, if anything else. So we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on yeah. that. I've had some people even on our YouTube like she's going to be Ray's mom. So if that's the fact, then Ray is a clone straight up because her dad was a clone. Her mom was a clone. And then she's, so she's clone, as clony yeah. clone as it gets. <laughs> I mean, it could be because she is at the age to where she would be, what, in her mid 30s around that time yeah. when Ray would oh, be yeah. born, mid thirties, maybe early forties. Age, age, mm -hmm. age lines up. There's no doubt about it. Um, so who yeah. knows? But but hey, everyone keep their eye on Omega. She's clearly the 
the the, the key driver of the plot in this series. It, it's not the Bad Batch. I mean, I mean, as much as we may love them at this point in time, and I do, I, I love this crew of clones. I know some people don't like them because they're not the originals. They're not regs. They're, they're too outlandish. They're too silly. They're too characterized in, in a case like Wrecker. Uh, uh, but I love these guys, but I, I do not think they're, they're the main deal. They're, they're, their story is what's going to vault and prop up whatever Omega's role in the galaxy is. That, that's my thought here. Uh, I, I do not think the Bad Batch survives their show. No. Yeah. No. I, there's no way that they can make it out until yeah, like... I d- Oh, and that's timeline. and that's another reason why I don't think she will go bad just unless she is the one that takes him out. But I, I think they will sacrifice themselves to ensure right. her her safety and longevity. Um, ultimately, I, and I think it's going to be a one by one. I, I don't see the Bad Batch all going out at the same time. I think they're going to summarily sacrifice themselves. Um, yeah. All right. A, another key moment, and, and we already kind of touched on this, but I, but I love this stuff because you got to think about there is absolutely zero coverage of this time in Star Wars. Uh, so it's it's all new. It's all new to see how he used mm. the clones to take control, how brilliant the plan of having a clone army to do just that, because all these clones were already stationed on all these planets and outposts. All he had to yeah. do was flip their switch, turn them into even bigger puppets, and he had complete control of the galaxy through the guise of safety and security. Once again, Palpatine is one of the most brilliant long game villains in any pop culture. But Definitely. but I, I just I, I loved seeing them being dickheads in all white, the idea of chain codes, the idea of taking everyone's ships and essentially putting a transmitter on those so they can be tracked. It's, it's all very key stuff we're seeing because we've only ever known the full empire and the people fighting against it or the fall of the empire or pre empire. Now we're seeing how the, well, we know how it was formed. Now we're seeing how it took root and how it is inflicting its boot upon the galaxy and why all these planets and civilizations will ultimately rebel against it. Uh, yeah. All right. Up next, uh, this is just kind of sticking to the, the, the chaining and coding stuff. So here now toy collectors, we, we kind of got this character spoiled a, a week or two ago when he was revealed. And I'm talking about vice Admiral Rampart. Uh, this is a key moment, though, because I, I believe he's going to be the main antagonist. I mean, Tarkin kind of came in episode one just to, you know, slap his dick around and and, and remind people that this is Star Wars. Um, but I, I believe Vice Admiral Rampart's probably going to be the main um, officer in the Imperial Navy dealing with the Bad Batch moving forward. Clearly, he'll be taking direct orders from Admiral Tarkin. Uh, but Vice Admiral Rampart, I think, is going to be our our main antagonist face in the Bad Batch. So uh, we ca- we kind of got yeah. introduced to him, at least those that don't collect Black Series in this episode. I think it's it's also possible if this show continues to go on that we could have a character that that uh, Justin mentioned earlier in the show uh, pop up, and that's Grand Admiral Thrawn. You know, it's, this is Thrawn's wheelhouse period you know like he was around during the the time of the empire um i don't know if he was there right at formation i think that 
He may have come in a, a little bit later after the, the Empire was a little bit more well-established. But if this show stretches on a little bit further, we get closer to, to episode four timeline, get closer to start to intermingle with Rebels a little bit, you could see Thrawn step in and, and, and play foil to the Bad Batch kind of like he did with Phoenix Squadron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I'd take Thrawn back, at least see see him coming in. Might not be Grand Admiral yet. Maybe he's just a captain. Yeah. Uh, starts off as a lieutenant oh, okay, so yeah. i mean he, he he works his way up in the in the structure pretty quickly but you, you can know definitely what that, see I, a younger I like that Thrawn nick I, I i would not mind that at all and, I, and if the show does uh continue on beyond one season which at this maybe it will i mean they did 16 for for season one which leads me to believe that it, this might be a real show and not just a kenobi uh where they're where they're kind yeah. of one and done and but yeah um, I, that's why I said I, I, I love this time period because there's nothing there's nothing the closest mm-hmm. we have and it's not even remotely close is Solo I mean but Solo's yeah. 10 12 years beyond this time Kenobi's going to be 10 years beyond even what we're watching now uh, so they have all that time to cover uh, and this is crucial times too it's so. huge yeah. it's huge i mean the, the the galaxy's essentially sitting there doing a double take like whoa whoa whoa, whoa. what the fuck just happened we were just in a war <laughs> yeah. with separatists now the the republic they're te- they're an empire and they're they're telling people that fought for the republic that they're insurgents like what the fuck's going on i mean I, that's why i yeah. love we got the saw scene in, in episode one that to already set that up like we were fighting for the republic now it's the Empire, and because we don't want to be controlled, we're the bad guy. It's no longer the Separatists and droids. It's just regular people that were on the good guy side. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's the galaxy is so fucked up right now. But you're seeing Palpatine's master plan be executed damn near flawlessly. All right, yeah. next key moment, and, and this just kind of ties into my uh, summary of the episode. Uh, cut straight up teaches hunter and the bad batch how to be a dad like listen omega's not a soldier she fucked up but like haywood pop like myself you can't just go there and start screaming at her like she's an adult you gotta you know you gotta wear the kid gloves you gotta make sure she feels safe and secure i've just and i i am embarrassed and i hate myself for this my daughter if she gets hurt just on an accident will run away from me because of how I responded oh. to those moments when she was little. I'm a fucking freak. Oh, no. I hate it. It makes me ill. It makes me sick to my stomach that my own kid, if she gets hurt doing something <laughs> stupid, that she will look at me in more fear and pain than the pain getting hurt <laughs> gave her. And that is sad. That is not good. That's not something I'm proud of. There, there, there. Are, That's why the kid gloves exactly. Exist. So it ties it ties right back into this episode. I was Hunter, if not worse. Like, what are you doing? Blah blah blah. And, and that's how literally Pavlov's dogs with my daughter. If she gets hurt, she looks at me like, "Is he going to scream and yell? I hope not." And then she feels her pain. That is that is oh, wrong no. on so many levels. But it's because Dad, when she would get hurt. First thing I would do, what are you doing? Why are you running through the house? Blah, blah. I mean, that's all it was. That's that's not how you do it, people. So listen to cut and listen to myself after I've learned a bad lesson. Don't don't do it that way. So cut is like I said, he's helping these these grizzled combat veterans become better it's, caretakers of a young girl. Yeah. 
It's like uh, the movie Three Men and a Baby. You know, you you got to learn through experience sometimes. <laughs> oh man, I'm such an asshole. Uh, I mean, literally yesterday is the first time. It's because Heather was working. She she jacked her foot on the table. I, I know it it had to kill her. And she looks at me and she's trying to fight back her tears. I'm like, are you all right? She's like, yeah, I just need to be by myself. I'm like, Charlie, listen, I'm sorry. I know you think daddy always yells when you get hurt, but I'm really trying not to do that now. Please come here and I will comfort you. And she actually allowed that to happen. <laughs> so I'm making some progress, but it, it's bad. Like it, oh. it, it's it's pretty bad. Like Dr. Phil type of shit. <laughs> it's it's bad. Um, all right, so you know, cut cut the clone, Daddy. He's a good man. He showed Hunter what to do. All right, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe Justin has some thoughts here, but I I put Omega removing her headpiece as a key moment because it does not go back on, and she 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 removes it as she's staring outside the cockpit of the Clone Force ninety nine ship, the Bad Batch ship, almost like she's longingly thinking about someone or someplace she'd come from you know Camino is all we could really think about so what about you guys I mean do you think there was any significance to her removing it keeping it off but also kind of staring at it one last time like ah that's my former life now right did you guys get that feel or am I crazy yeah go ahead Justin you can give your thoughts on this one yes Obviously, she's she's looking at her past and like what whoever gave her that. It could be the communion, the communions. I always butcher, butcher that, or it could be the um, someone else who who gave that to her, kind of like a uh, a parent. Yeah, like I mean, but if we're whoever, going on, sorry, if we're going that she potentially has force abilities, maybe it's the donor, right? Yeah, yeah, be that too. But um, whatever it is, it's. It's her saying, "Okay, I'm moving on from what I, where I was." But yeah. at that point, I was like, "Okay, maybe she's not a spy after all." <laughs> or is she? Maybe that's the double <laughs> yeah, take. She, she, she's they're, they're fucking you. with you now, see, Justin. You yeah. you could see as soon as she got off the ship, this this girl was she it had meant, never been anywhere right. else. You know, she's fascinated by dirt, like literally, like she's on her knees, she's picking up dirt and just watching it fall out of her hands. I think I've seen too many movies where, like, and that they're picking up dirt, like, oh wow, like, <laughs> you're too jaded. You, yeah. you can't believe that even a small child had, just has yeah. nothing but he's good. He's had in too their much heart. dirt in his life. He's <laughs> not a fan of dirt, just like Anakin hates sand. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So, but, you guys kind of got the yeah, idea that I, it was I a agree. significant. It was like a growth moment for her. You know, hey. That was yeah. the old me. Maybe this. not even a growth moment. It's just like a moment of of almost like I have to hide this now. Or, or like people I am woman, you know, hear me roar, right? Yeah, like I this is no longer like it, leading the life that I'm going to have to lead now requires me to not have this. Like I can't have this attachment almost like a Jedi in a way. Like Jedi's were not allowed to have attachments because they knew that it it, it drew them into the dark side. It had negative effects on their mental state. And, and I mean, you saw what happened with Anakin Skywalker. I mean, like this was this like a literal symbol of attachment yeah, to, to her only that's life. That's a good point. And now she's like, I, I, I cannot, if, if I have this with me, if I have this on me at all times, I'm not going to be able to do what I have to do to continue and live my life the way that I have to now. All right, let's get back to their breakdown here. Okay, so 
last well yeah i think one of the last ones here yeah just uh the the last key moment obviously was hunter's original plan to give her up and then her coming back and just kind of setting the connection between these two i mean uh, while the rest of the bad batch clearly i think they they dig the kid they're they don't have the bond that hunter and omega do I mean, even even in the premiere, she she mirrors his moves perfectly, almost like she's tied yeah. to him somehow. Is it through the force? Do they share similar sure. enhancements? But he raises her hand. She does. I mean, he says go. She says go. Is it just a kid trying to be like a, a, a an adult role model? Who knows? But this episode kind of draws a line like it's hunter and omega first that is the bond that is the 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 father child and then you know the the other bad batchers are crazy uncles uh but but this episode clearly sets up that that these two are going to be our our din and grogu right they're going to do whatever it takes to uh, protect each other moving forward yeah i think justin froze again for a second so I'll jump in here. And I think it's because if you look at all the other members of the Bad Batch, they're kind of, you know, uh, Hunter's the most normal. Like, you know, you, if, if she goes up to tech, she, he's going to. Yeah, he's like, E equals MC squared. The Death Star yeah, times she's, two. She's like, all right, well, you know, I'm not here for school. And then, you know, uh, Wrecker is the drunk uncle. That's drunk uncle Wrecker. <laughs> you know, he, he likes to throw shit around yeah. and, and, and have fun. And then, like, you know, like Tex said in episode one, Echo is more machine than man now. I mean, like, he can, even in the moment, like, the, I thought a big moment in the show in this particular episode was when they were walking through Seleucami before they reached cut, Echo says, like, well, how how can we know we can trust a deserter? And then Tex says him, he's like, well, we're all deserters now. And then Echo finally has that realization, like, he's still not processing things the same way that everybody else yeah. does. And he's not realizing things at, a, at the, at the regular pace yet. Like he's still very scarred. And, and, you know, even if you just look at echo as a, as a character, he is very different than even the rest of the bad batch. So, I mean, it's only logical that, that Omega would kind of attach herself to Hunter because he is the most father like figure of this entire group. Yeah, 100%. And, and like I said, I think it, it's going to make up a main part of the narrative moving forward. I mean, she, he, he'll mm-hmm. obviously, he's probably going to you know train her. I, I'd imagine when we see her shooting that, that purple bow that he might have had a hand in, in some of that stuff. We already know she's a good shot, right? I mean, uh, yeah. while Cut thinks, and I think he's right, that she ha- was created for a specific purpose... She clearly has some of the other clone trooper enhancements, such as the ability to yeah. aim, quick reflexes. Uh, who knows what that connection is with Hunter beyond just the uh, like the, the the father mentor bond? But I mean, she, like I said, she was mirroring his moves to a T. There was no delay. It was like boom, boom. Uh, you know, it's almost like they were connected. Like they're like she was a marionette or something. Um, yeah. All right. So uh, that kind of takes us to the end of our Bad Batch S1 E2 cut and run breakdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Justin's got to hit it. We usually uh, introduce the next episode and try to make a few predictions. You got another like five minutes? Yeah. yeah. All right. Ahead. So um, this is still an old post because we, we found the first three episode titles a few weeks back. 
Um, so this week's episode, Bad Batch episode three, is titled Replacements. This one could be quite interesting. And the synopsis is the batch gets stuck on a desolate moon. Okay, here we go. So Justin, why don't you hit us with your thoughts on what we could see in episode three and, and what, maybe what you're excited about moving forward in the series. Well, I think we, we touched on it with, um, we're, ca- we're going to be catching up with Rex. Okay. Uh, that's a very obvious thing because why would they even mention him in episode two? Right. So, um, I'm excited to see who, you know, where, see what Rex looks like at that point, but also who he's with. I, I think that's going to be a big thing. Yeah. I had a, f- I had a few um, people on the video breakdown last week kind of comment. Do you think well, Ahsoka is going to be with Rex? And, and I actually think they decided at the end of their journey, like, Hey, Ahsoka is going to go and try to save as many Jedi or force users as she can. Rex was going to go and try to save some of the, the clone captains and commanders. So I, I do think Rex is going to be solo. Um, it, mm-hmm. it, it, yeah. If Snip shows up, fan fucking tastic. That's just going to be more exciting. But I, I do think Rex is going to be on his own. Like I said, he's on his own mission to warn, 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 and try to save some of his brothers, some of the named clones. Um, the replacements title is interesting because to me that implies we may start seeing Tarkin maybe rotating in some new types of soldiers into the, 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 the yeah. clone units. Uh, so we, we might touch back in on crosshair and kind of see some of the elite shadow troopers that are going to be in his squad and maybe they won't be clones. Uh, yeah. Now them getting stuck on a moon. I, I do think that is where they're going to run into Rex. Now, why do they get stuck? That's the interesting part. Um, it could be, uh, maybe Fennec shows up in this episode, maybe fucks up their ship, their hyperdrive. They can't get off. Uh, but the, yeah, they are being hunted. Yeah, That's another yeah, thing to, to keep a, keep in mind is that they're not, they're not like out there and just like, Oh yeah, they got away. They're free. Just let them float around. Like there are people actively hunting right. them. We know that Fennec is in it from the trailer and we know that a, a battle goes down involving Fennec and the and the Bad Batch, so keep your eyes out for that. Could be sometime soon. And if they're stranded on a desolate moon, that means that something has happened to their ship that probably stranded them there. Right. So, so I'm thinking here yeah. we'll we'll kind of summarize it. We're gonna get Rex. He's gonna mm-hmm. kind of really fill them in on how Order Six Sixty Six went down for him, what he and Ahsoka did, how they saved themselves, and his plan to go protect or save as many clones as he can. And I think I'll, I'll just fuck it. Fennec is gonna show up, and and she'll be the reason they are delayed on this moon at this point in time. Yeah, I think that's a good call. All right, I think that's a good call. So yeah, I mean that wraps up the. The breakdown for episode two of season one of Bad Batch. And Justin, we really appreciate you sticking around for, I mean, at this point, almost a two hour run. It's, it's the longest yet. Um, I, I, maybe Blainer Things was 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 around this time, too. But uh, yeah. we appreciate you giving us your time, the long haul. I know you got to get going. So um, loved, loved your stories today, man. I mean, I think that was even more fun than even talking about the props themselves. Just the trials and tribulations of, of going out, getting these things made. So they have personal meaning to you, but also a meaning to 
uh, the cast member you're trying to get signed. And, and really just the signing stories are excellent. That that Mark story was great. Sam Jackson, Natalie Portman, a lot of good stuff. So if, if, if those of you, if you just tuned in now or you missed Justin's full interview, please make sure to watch the replay or listen to the audio-only version when we release it on Wednesday, May the 12th. Because uh, there's a lot of good, a lot of good anecdotes about uh, high-end Star Wars prop collecting and and some of the fun and, and some of the pain that comes along with it. So, <laughs> Justin, we speak your name, buddy. Thank you. We Thanks appreciate you. Good luck with the rest of the day, and may the Force be with you. Yes. All right. Thank See you, guys. dude. At SW Props, everyone, go check him out. He's got some uh, great posts on there. If you are a Star Wars fan and collector. See ya. All right, All right later. See ya. All right, let's switch our. Uh, oh, that's not the right one. Let's, Oops. There we go. We're back. We're back. It's the Matt and Nick All show. Right. Let's get the browser window up here. Uh, okay. All right, dude. Now, Matt, are we gonna roll right into our? special announcement for this cast or we're going to put that off for a little bit longer well what i want to do first is take a pee okay uh, i've, I've got to do that because i'm i'm already at the uh all right you go and then i'll go so we won't have any dead air all right so did, why don't you start with the first let you start with our exclusive and or set picks because at this point in time the 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 nothing the, the cleverly set is so uh inundated inundated with with fans photo bombing and filming that it really doesn't matter anymore but uh we did get some exclusives of diego luna on the set of Andor that, that nick's just going to kind of kick into then i'll come over we'll talk about the rest and then we'll do our special thing but i, I can't think straight until i get this this urine out all right go <laughs> there we go all right so some of our first some of the first ever set photos of Diego Luna on the cleverly set were were through us and exclusive through us through our source in the UK. And obviously, like Matt said, this cleverly set has been heavily scoured by fans and and basically, uh, you know, everybody who passes by it can take a picture and and, and get a cool shot. But uh, some of the ones that we have up here are showing Mr. Luna himself in the background. You can see him kind of behind a uh, a palm tree. It looks like there in front of a wall. This is between shots, so he's not actively filming at this moment. Um, but we can also see, if we look at the pictures on the bottom too, just a wider shot of the cleverly set in general. It's already dressed at this moment for, um, like the building itself is already has all the Star Wars set dressing on it, and the green screen you can see in the background is, is relatively large. So there, it's definitely not a fully practical set, and they will be CGing in some other uh, either people, some other background uh, via that green screen. But um, the 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 exclusive images we have are mostly of just Luna himself kind of in the background. You can see uh, behind some of the, the equipment there and then also this massive green screen that is set up on, oh, yeah. the, on the location oh, as yeah. well. So I'm going to jump yeah, out you now. Go ahead. I will you, be back you in You go second. empty <laughs> your diaper now. I'll, I'll take over. But So in addition to our exclusives, like I said, last week, if you're on Star Wars Leaks or hell on our Discord or just on Instagram, you, you know what's happening over in the UK with Andor. I mean, it's just, it, it's just um, out of control. You know what I mean? Out of control with the, the level of access fans have to this set. Uh, so I want to play this, this video here. Hopefully it doesn't screw up our audio 
But notice the guy in the the uh, the ball suit there, the CGI suit, carrying some bodies very easily like this. It also looks like he's on stilts. That's got to be a K2SO-like Imperial droid. Okay? Um, we've been told that K2 is not going to be in Season 1. There's potential down the road if Andor moves on. So I don't, I'm not thinking this is going to be K2SO himself. But... That's got to be a K2-like droid. A, because the character's being CG, they're up on stilts, they're carrying human bodies like sacks of groceries. Uh, So unless it's some funky alien species we haven't seen before, I'm going with this video. This guy right here in particular in the the CGI suit is a K2SO model bot. Okay, now Matt, on that that note we know that k2 is not going to be in the right. show but could we see the exact droid that becomes k2 in the show and then we get to see like could that be like the k2 droid but then we find out that like oh well his designation wasn't initially k2so that's a name yeah, that he yeah, got I, once i he guess turned. that's one way to look at it um, another way is, like I said, it's just maybe this is uh, Cassian or the Rebels' first time being introduced to this model of Imperial droid. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Yes. Gregu snaps. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be an IG droid for sure. But I, but I just think for continuity's sake, familiarity's sake, that what we're seeing there in that video is, is going to be a K2SO droid. Yeah, it's it's highly unlikely that it's anything like there's no way it's a B2 because it's just too far past the Clone Wars era. Like this is definitely and, and, and really the K2 style of droid is the only one that's big enough that we've ever seen in the Imperial era that could do that. Like there's no other droid that could actually move human bodies like that. Yeah. So uh, but hey, like I said, we've we've got a few more clips to cover and shots. I mean, they're, they're really all over the place. It's like, how, how many shots of a shore trooper hanging out can you look at? Well, I was going to say, it, there's a lot of if, these If you're, these if you're a Star Wars fan, you can look at a lot of them. So right now, though, what we want to do is we want to introduce our first ever sponsor. So we, we've, yes. we've got a little bit of a read to do for you here. So here we go. All right, so support for the Star Wars Time Show is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. You listening, Star Wars Time Show fans? For you, 20% off in free worldwide shipping with the code SWTS at Manscaped.com. All right, so... Imagine shaving with a sleek, well-designed, and optimized trimmer that makes shaving time your favorite time in the bathroom. I'm one of the first, well actually Nick is one of the first people to try the new 4.0 and I'm pretty sure he is blown away by the performance. The craftsmanship and details on the 4.0 are next level, right Nick? I, I gotta tell you, so I, I got mine on Sunday 
And I was, I was waiting. So Matt and I, you know, we got the, we got reached out to, and they're like, Oh, we're going to, we want to work with you guys. And I got hyped because like, I've, I've known about Manscaped for a while. There's a lot of shows that I listen to that are sponsored by Manscaped and I am a, a scaper. Like I like to keep my region clean. I like to keep my region very tidy because I, I think it's nice for me to do that for my my lady love as she does for me so i like to reciprocate that kind of job and i and look i've been doing it for a long time and there's there's a lot of different methods you could go about you know if you if you got a hefty bush down there you may need some some scissors to trim down and then you get in there but i've kept it clean for a while and i gotta say this is the little puppy that matt was talking about here the lawnmower 4.0 it's very sleek, man. It's small. It's light. It doesn't feel like you're 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 holding the fucking hedge trimmer down there and trying to take care of your business. It it, it and it's it works so well that like I I put it to the test too because they give you so when you get the the trimmer, you get two guards with it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going no guard. Oh, I'm going to the right skin. to the ball sack. If I'm gonna support a product i'm putting it through the ringer right, so and i did, did it did, flat like did this. your ball sack turn no turn nicks. into deli meat no sir no nicks now i will say you, you know you can't go in there like a crazy person i wouldn't say take this puppy in drunk and then just fly in there no treat it with treat your your downstairs region with some respect but i will say that i i, I got in the crevices i was thorough <laughs> and there was no nicks, no scratches, and it 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 was it, it did a fantastic yeah, so, so you didn't job. get because I've done this before, just using like a hair trimmer. I'm down there, no guard, no Ooh. guard, like a you know I'm a GI Joe, I'm a Tommy Tough guy, <laughs> and I've actually you know you hit it and you're like oh whoa whoa yeah. I'm not, it's like I'm shaving <laughs> off a piece of salami here, uh, but that did not happen with the lawnmower 4.0, huh? It did not happen. It's got specially designed blades too. It's ceramic blades, so you can get in there and you can be right up on the skin and not have to worry too much about it. Like I said, treat your downstairs area with care. This is a great little razor for it. And I mean, they have also even outside of the razor, they have some fantastic products. on. Can you use that? Can you use that? And like, uh, maybe not trim your beard, but edge your beard. Can you use it to like get, get edge lines? You definitely can. So I know that they were, you know, like, you can you can catch edge lines like i said you have you have guards for it too and this is completely waterproof so after you use it on your downstairs region you can just wash it off clean it off and you can use it to shave your chin if you got long big yeah, ho- hope so or, or it'd be kind of smelly just based on what nick was saying i mean he, it sounds like he had that thing jammed up there but hey it was it was way when you know, when you know yeah, it's not going to cut clean. you that's the type of stuff you can do maybe you could even shave exactly. with your eyes closed who knows but manscape <laughs> engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and incredibly comfortable grooming experiences this fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade like nick said which will reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology just like Nick said, he feels confident shaving his boys now. This upgraded trimmer includes a multifunction on-off switch that can engage a travel lock. So those of you that still travel, it's not going to turn on in your bag. It also gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. 
or a snoot light for toy photographers. The lawnmower 4.0 even allows you to customize your trim through additional guard lengths with sizes one through four. Did Nick mention the wireless charging? Well, guess what? There's a new wireless charging system that uses electromagnetic magnetic, excuse me, induction, which can help battery length last longer. Men, if you've been shaving with the same nut trimmer on your face, you've <laughs> been doing it wrong. No person wants to end up with pubes in their mouth. Is that right, Nick? I know I don't. That's right. Yeah. All that's right. right. So it's time to get your own ball hair and body trimmer with Manscape to make me time the best time and enhance your confidence with some nice, smooth boys. And for those that are keeping score, boys are nuts. All right. Yes. So get 20% off plus free shipping with the code SWTS at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you, as will Nick and myself. So remember, get 20% yeah. off and free shipping with the code SWTS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And don't forget to use the code SWTS. If you do, you will unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Yes. Uh, so this is really exciting for us just on a personal note outside of the read. This is like Matt said, our first sponsor. And if things go well, this is a, you know, we could, we could potentially have Manscaped sponsor the show long-term. So we really do hope that the, uh, the star Wars time community, shows up for us here because it would be really big go over to manscape.com there's a ton of products so we're advertising the new lawnmower 4.0 they have a ton of stuff they have underwear which i'm wearing right now actually and it's super comfortable i'm a boxer briefs guy and these are very comfortable very stretchy boxer briefs so i enjoy that but they also have body wash they have deodorants they have a ton of other products on there and you can use the code SWTS for 20% off anything Do on the it. shop. And free shipping worldwide. So that means all you UK fuckers out there, because we know we got UK listeners, that counts on, that That includes you, Tones. That includes you, Greg, who snaps down in the fake land of Australia. All of you people all get All of shipping. you need clean boys. So the lawnmower, That's lawnmower right. 4.0. Or just go to manscaped.com and use SWTS when you check out. Not only will you be doing yourself, your significant others a favor, but you'll be helping out the SWTS bros. All right. So back to your regularly scheduled programming here on the Star Wars Time Show. And it's just more and or set images. And like Nick said, it's like, <laughs> you know, where, where can you actually take this at this point? I, I know we did get a video of a chase scene, right? There's a ch mm -hmm. We did. We got a chase scene. Um, but most of the set photos that you see here is Hold obviously on. there's a Hold lot on. of short one six trooper. One six shooter has a great tagline to end the manscape. Oh, man. If you use the lawnmower 4.0, you can go from chewy to windu in a matter of seconds. I like it. I will say that if we if we do end up staying with Manscaped long term, we can make these ad reads real oh, yeah. fun. We they they kind of open it up to us and let us do our own thing. So just throw yeah, that we'll, out. We'll there. be doing so, yeah, some stuff on IG as well too. So uh, um, yes. just please, hey, if if you got got some needs in in the old man hair department and you've been thinking about it, why not use twenty percent off for the your, your Star Wars time show dudes here. All right, it looks like uh, the Instagram stuff has flaked out 
for yeah uh, they, they the instagram stuff has been removed but we still do have the video yeah, that's here we'll do, this, we'll do the chase scene and, chase because scene. the reason i'm, I'm going to show this here oh shit uh oh did we bore my audio flaked out yet <laughs> doesn't it doesn't look like <laughs> it Ho- hopefully not uh, but anyways the, the video playing right now if you're watching the the, the feed live th- this again is from the the, the cleverly set and you can kind of see like a like a processional going on. There's there it looks like some cast members or some extras. They're all have robes to cover their costumes, masks for COVID safety. But what was it, Nick? It's at like the one something mark. I'm gonna advance it a bit. Yeah, you can skip forward a little hey, bit. Um, it's it's around the Here we go the, here. There we two, go. He's he's up two, now yeah. and let me close this. So if you're watching on the live stream, if you look to the, um, the the furthest left, one of the characters there, some of the people that were leaving comments on this YouTube video, and this, this isn't ours, so you don't have to go comment and like because fuck them. <laughs> but a lot of people are like, hey, that guy at the end is kind of whipping the the Palpatine hairstyle, obviously, before he, he takes some electric shock therapy to the face. And he's got, you know, some of that Snoke regal robes under there. So they're like, hey, is that... Could that be Palpatine? And, you know, before that almost looks like a woman. Now yeah, when I look closer. before everyone freaks out. <laughs> here's the deal. We, we fully understand at this point in the Star Wars timeline, Palpatine is old prune face. Right. But yeah. if you've seen Rebels and I even talked about this uh, to Nick, I was like, yo, does does Thrawn just see Palpatine in a different light or, but no, I mean, basically we, we came to the understanding that, that Palpatine, if he wants to can project or uh, would I call it glamor himself? I forget which, yeah. which is that from Harry Potter? I think it's probably, but, 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 but <laughs> glamor themselves, yeah. charm themselves or, or project himself to look like the old Senator Palpatine, you know, still yeah. he's got his, his, his face is back, his hair's back. Um, Nick's like, nah, man, they're, they're full of shit. There's no way that's Palpatine. But I, you know, I, I can see where they were kind of going down that rabbit hole, if anything else. Yeah. Also, I just don't like it would be weird to have him in here and it not be Ian because Ian is still old. Like he's he's old. Yeah. But he could play Palpatine. Uh, of in this course era. he could. And then, like, if you see the person that's walking by, like, he's just walking by with, like, a bunch of the other extras. I feel like even if they did have somebody else playing Palpatine, you wouldn't just have him, like, he would, you know, he would be off to the side with fucking, you know, Diego, and he'd be off to the side with the other, like, stars of the show. So, I don't know. I mean, like, my initial thought was, like, there's there's no fucking way it's Palpatine. I I guess it could be, like Matt said, he he could alter his image to basically not show himself as this decrepit old fucker that just got electrocuted half to death. Um, but I'm, I'm leaning more towards it. It's probably not him. Yeah. I, I, like you said, I mean, it'd be odd to have him there. He doesn't really need to be involved in Andor, although we'd love it. I mean, I think we'd all love yeah. to see more of the empire throughout Andor because I do believe it is going to take place, um, you know, clearly before rogue one, but I think there may even be a few flashbacks to Diego's or Diego, Cassian's childhood so we, we we could get slices of that early empire uh, but it, it's more than likely uh, someone that is I don't know maybe he's he's a, I don't want to call him a moth but maybe he's a local leader 
Uh, yeah, that's kind you know, of what I was leaning towards. Someone that's, like a, that is in charge of w- whatever this part of the galaxy is or this town. Is it a mayor yeah. or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would buy that more than like Palpy is at right. this fucking random right. whatever diner or wherever he is, you know, wherever they are for this particular shoot. So, But, but there is some sort um, of chase going on here because I've progressed the video a bit. And you, you can now see the extras. They're, they're basically jumping over a rail to go down to the beach and then they run out of view. Uh, if you keep mm-hmm. watching, you see some shore troopers do the same. And we do know that Cassian is at this uh, location. location so i mean is this him starting some of his rebel insurgency is he still just kind of scoping things out and watching the atrocities of the empire take place uh i i if you're if you're a betting man i have a feeling that cassian's probably or the people he is with are probably behind whatever this chase is about um I would almost think that like this may be like a distraction. Like he paid some local kids. He's like, hey, look, just go, just go fuck with them and like make them yeah. chase you. Cause I got to get, he in is here. a spy. Like, like he's I, not a Luke or Leia. I mean, he, he will do some shady shit. We've seen him do shady shit. He killed a source just to kill a source. Yeah. So, um, and really the way Cassian first talks to Jen, even about her dad, I mean, he pretty much says, like, listen, I'll do whatever it takes. Like I, I, I'd yeah. kill my mom if I knew it was going to end the empire. I mean, he, he's one of those guys. So, if you've liked spy shows, I'm going through Alias again, which is one of the best spy show or TV shows in my opinion. All sorts of that uh, spy craft and who done it and, and triple takes and triple agents and this that and the other thing. Uh, he, he could definitely be trying to cause chaos uh, to distract the empire to get to his ultimate goal. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. So, I mean, the set video itself is pretty cool. You get to see them. Obviously, you get to see that scene kind of play out multiple times because they're doing multiple takes. Uh, you can see them moving some plant set dressing around to maybe like maybe catch different yeah. angles of, of specific areas. Um, obviously, you get to see the extras walking on and off. Like, I don't know if some people thought like, oh, man, like, you know, everybody's got black robes on. What if they're fucking all, they're all Sith. No, they're all fucking evil, but it's, they, they're just covering right, their costumes. Yeah. You see the same people when they actually shoot the scene, they're, they're in there and, and they look like, they look like they're wearing Middle Eastern garb, you know, like almost, almost like yeah. Moo's where it's just a full on nightgown uh, for both yeah. men and women. But I, I don't know. I love this stuff. I love B-roll. I am, I'm just fascinated with the art of filmmaking in general. And I'm also fascinated with how clueless some people are. Cause I do like to read comments cause typically that shows you how uh, de evolved humanity has become. But a lot of them are yeah. like, man, I can't believe they had to keep doing the same thing over and over. That seems like so annoying. It's just going, have you watched how a movie's made? I mean, some directors may shoot the same scene 50 fucking times. Yeah. They, they make you do it like, 50, 60, yeah. 30, you know, however and many times. Until like, the vision like, has been realized, and, and the vision typically is the directors from storyboard yeah. to their, or usually from mind to storyboard to camera, until it's exactly what they want, you're going to fucking do, run the same scene over and over again. Yeah, there's no way that they catch everything. It's just like, I don't know. It's like people think that, you know, movies are just slapped together and they're like, oh, yeah, we just, we ran the camera. It was perfect. No big deal. We got nailed the scene. Um, No, Greg, this is not the Kenobi set, pal. No, that's, yeah, no, that's, that is definitely Andor. The Kenobi Uh, set lakes have actually dried up quite a bit. So maybe they've gone inside and they're doing some volume stuff, but. 
our source yeah. hasn't sent us any and I haven't seen any kind of milling around on on the leak scene. Yeah, yeah. So this is definitely Andor. Uh Kenobi for the most part is being filmed in LA. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um and then and then the UK is where Andor's taking yep. place. And I mean, well, you saw like we showed you the, the, the shots earlier of Diego on the set. So it's definitely Yeah, I, I thought I put one in here, but they they're actually oh, this is the one I kinda wanted to see. Uh, excuse me. Well, it's not going to let me pull it up easy, but there, there is another, uh, they're calling it the quarry set going on for, for Andor. Mm. And it it's, I don't know. It, it's got like force type of vibes to it, but not, not sure okay. why that's an Andor. But I mean, I, I, I could probably pull it up if I wasn't a lazy piece of shit, but I'm a lazy piece of shit and don't feel like it. It's on our post. Go check it out on StarWarsTime.net. The the aptly named post that Nick put out called More and More Andor Set Images. Very, very yeah. SEO friendly for those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> more and more. Uh, well, hey, Greg, you want a Kenobi? We got some Kenobi for you. Don't worry. Yeah, it's coming up. Uh, uh, all right, so uh, Kenobi actress Moses Ingram posted a video that hopefully you can see right now on the live stream uh, to her Instagram, and she's training with a lightsaber, and it's pretty clear that Moses has been practicing uh, some lightsaber moves that, you know, some of you more slovenly fans are probably like, oh, shit, I, give me a lightsaber, <laughs> I could do that easy, but I, I guarantee you, you couldn't. She's doing a lot of the Daisy Ridley, like, twists and, and exchanges it's good stuff like you can tell that uh, moses has been practicing this and the reason we are here to talk about it is why nick why is moses practicing lightsaber training yeah. for kenobi i mean this could all be just like a massive bruise and like i don't know what moses has done previously like i don't know what her acting credits include i mean let me go back and look because maybe she was just on the soundstage she saw a couple of stunt guys messing with lightsabers and she was like hey hey give me give me that you know i got i have some training in 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 sword work let me spin it around a little bit but but given the fact that she's doing it on a set on a soundstage, you can look at this, you can pretty clearly see this is soundstage and that she's using an actual prop lightsaber that you would use on the set of a, of a show. It leads us to believe that she is likely going to be playing a force yeah. user in this show. Now, somebody that wields a lightsaber. Uh, I mean, her only credits previous to Kenobi being filmed is the queen's gambit. So I don't think she was swinging around any swords or lightsabers in that show. No, I, and I didn't. I think we we kind of speculated this when we did get the official casting grid, and she had posted something that was force user like that day, and this mm -hmm. is just another thing. So either she's doing some amazing smoke and mirrors to throw us all off. Or she's probably playing someone that uses a lightsaber in the Force in Kenobi, and that someone is probably going to be of the Inquisitor variety. Um, I, yeah, I, don't, uh, I mean, obviously, she could be playing a Jedi character, and the, the lightsaber's blue in this video. I, I don't know. I, I, I think our hero Jedi is established in one Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they did bring in just some like other surviving Jedi, because that, I mean, like at this point in Star Wars canon, we know that they didn't do a great job of killing every Jedi. You know, some yeah, made it out. As soon as Dave Filoni they, dreamed one up, they they somehow survived Order 66. 
Yeah, he's like, oh look, this yeah, guy. Kanan. Oh yeah, alive. he made it. Kanan made it. Duh. Yeah. Kanan's alive. This guy's alive. Oh, yeah, I mean, like, even going back to. Yeah, like even going back to like pre Disney canon, like during Force Unleashed video game, you're finding Master Rom, Coda, and all these yes. other surviving <laughs> Jedi. So I mean, like, you know, yeah, they they had one good initial shock in the in the in the beginning with order 66 but after that they kind of you know the jedi were doing a pretty good job at going underground so it wouldn't surprise me if she came out as like a jedi character that potentially got in touch with kenobi or like found her way to fucking tatooine and kenobi was like you got to get the fuck out of here you're gonna get the skin right. you know we, we're gonna get the fucking skin ripped off of us because you just gave up my position <laughs> like or like you said, Matt, she's playing an Inquisitor, which is probably, you know, more more than likely what's going to I would take either or because I do think presenting another Jedi that ultimately would, would have to get killed off would be interesting. I, I just, yeah. I don't know. And that would cause conflict within Kenobi. Like, do I go fucking save exactly. this girl that has reached out to me? Exactly. Or do I fucking sit here and do right. nothing? But it'd also be awesome to see him go toe-to-toe -to -toe with uh, an Inquisitor, which... Yeah, you would assume might have happened to the good man, considering he was one of the most prominent Jedi that survived, and uh, the Force feeling this and feeling that. You can't tell me that Anakin just thought Obi Wan was gone for good. Um, I I have a feeling they they both kind of sensed each other throughout, and maybe that'll be shown in Kenobi. Maybe Kenobi did cut Anakin off and didn't sense him as Vader, but I. I have a feeling that's not the case. He, I mean, he knows who Vader yeah. is by the time Luke comes around. So, uh, but I, I'm going with, I'll, I'll go with Moses is bad. Nick, Nick goes with, she's good. That way, uh, star Wars <laughs> time show wins regardless. Yeah, no. <laughs> both. You heard it here first. For both I, I would them. like to see her kind of come in and, and, and rustle up Kenobi's supposed peace and, and watching yeah. over Skywalker and, and, and fuck with him a bit, maybe even get the best of them in their first encounter. Uh, as he may, as he could very well have a little rust building up at this point in time. Yeah. Cause I, I just, I do not see Kenobi doing any active thing in the galaxy. I really don't. I, I think he truly embodies the hermit spirit until this series. I think something's going to, you know, pop up to give us some action, some stuff to go ooh yeah. and ah about. But in the end, very just possible. like I've been saying, his, his, his single charge is to protect that kid. He's not going to do anything that is going to seriously jeopardize that charge. Yeah. Such as, yeah, such as leaving right. planet or, or doing crazy shit like that. Uh, the other Kenobi thing just dropped today and, and uh, Justin yeah. kind of teased it for us. And Nick kind of gave us his, his speculation on it. Take it to the bank. And I, I think Nick, Nick is right. And <laughs> I'm an idiot for not even going there, but in this interview with Kimmel, which I suggest watching, cause it's fun. I think Kimmel's fun. Ewan has fun with it. I mean, he's that is Kenobi right fucking there. If you're on the live stream, that's it. He's actively filming. That's what he looks like right there. He's got a little yeah, bit of the exactly. mullet. He's got a little bit of the Kenobi mullet. You see that? Yeah, he kept some. He kept the, he kept the mullet. There's a, there's style a little bit of little the bit. mullet. So he doesn't have the Rots Kenobi coiffed hair like the nice haircut. You know, the, the Alec Guinness yeah. style it looks like. It looks like Tatooine Kenobi started to embrace a little bit of his trashy side so again. So then you know he's he's got to find a barber before <laughs> episode four. He, he finds somebody yeah. in Anchorhead or or, or or most likely that can trim him up a little. Snaggletooth. It's like, hey, man, 
Uh, but anyways, it, it's a fun interview. But of course, Kim will ask him some Star Wars questions. And he asked him like, hey, man, did you guys on set do anything special for Star Wars Day last week? And surprisingly, Ewan gave him a, a tiny nugget. It's, it still wasn't much, but it's enough for people like Nick and I to get excited about. And and I summarize it, but he he basically said they filmed a, a special scene. Those are his words in quote with someone that is very special to him, as in Ewan McGregor last week on the set of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, What's even more interesting about the reveal is that the person is someone he hasn't been seen on screen with before. At least that's what he can recollect. So like I said Mm -hmm. earlier with, with Nick and Justin, uh, we can instantly wipe off any of these star Wars actors. Right. Yeah. I mean, Pat, Pat, we know he's probably going to interact with Hayden in, in some form or fashion. But it's not this moment. And I do. I think Nick hit the nail on the head and I'm a dope uh, for not seeing this or sensing this through the force. But but I think you're right, Nick. Go ahead. Who? What is this special scene going to be? Just in case for those that didn't uh, catch the beginning. It's it's the moment where Obi-Wan Kenobi, the protector, has an an interaction with little boy Luke. You know, like we, we know through multiple sources through episode four and everything else that that he has interacted with luke before their their initial meetup in episode four uh in the dune city so like we know that that he knows him and we just we are we going to get this interaction i think this is confirmation that we're going to get the interaction in this yeah, film. I think I think I, I mean, this I think we have to. I mean, more so than what they gave us in Rebels, where, you, you know, you know, he's keeping watch. He's he's on the out. Yeah, he's looking he's, on. He's on the, the outskirts of the, of the Lars homestead. He can see Luke being called in by Baru. Uh, but I, I think we have to in this just to establish the fact that that Luke and Obi-Wan were not strangers in A New Hope. They knew each yeah. other. They knew what each other looked like. They knew stories about each other. You know, the crazy old hermit, uh, all, old, you know, old damn full crusades, all that shit. So uh, I, I think Nick is, is spot on. The stuff that is, is throwing me off and this could just be you and being being cheeky, but very special to him. As in, is it is it him yeah. or is it Kenobi? And is it related okay, so to him or is it related to Kenobi? So here's the thing. Ewan's got four kids. Like he's got, and I know that some of his kids are younger. So what did you, do you think it would even be possible that they, like, if you have minimal interaction between like with the, the young boy, Luke, that they just cast you and son in that role that way that there is like a bond between like, you know, the kids familiar with his dad and, you know, if, if it doesn't require him to do anything, like he's just got a couple of lines If that, like you just have you and kid play, little kid Luke while they're having a conversation or whatever. Uh, I lost you there, dude. Oh no. You're, you're back now. It it was on my end. I forgot to put up the, uh, I forgot to put up the, the manscape thing. So we're probably going to get sued. (laughs) Um, but when I was doing that, my audio started flickering. So I will, I will tell you again, do you think that it is that little kid Luke is being is going to be played by Ewan's one of Ewan's well, kids because he's got four kids. That's what I mean. So so we need to really figure out was he talking about Ewan McGregor when he was answering, or was he talking about his character Kenobi? 
because yeah. if, if he's talking about you and McGregor, then no, because he specifically says I'm not related to the person. Okay, but so it's not if it kid. is Kenobi, he's like, well, yeah, yeah, technically, no, we're not related. But with the you know, he essentially is Luke's grandpappy of sorts. Uh, so he could have yeah. been playing on that. So, yeah, I, I got what you're go. I got where you're going. But it, he said he's not related to him. So it's probably not the kid. But I still I still have to go with little kid Luke. I don't know who it would be, though, like who. But like, who else could it be that that he would film with that's special to to you in that would fit into the show? Like, uh, yeah, I don't. That's a hard one. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I mean, he. He basically gave a a textbook, no answer, great answer for a Star Wars actor, uh, because because yeah, you can sit there he, and think yeah, about he's that he's got stuff. everyone thinking about it I, I, again without any prompt. Justin's like, oh, what do you, what do you think McGregor was talking about? So his non answer has generated buzz already within the Star Wars fan <laughs> fandom. So. You know, uh, good on him for doing that without really giving us anything, but it feels like he gave us something. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So I, I do, I don't know. I think you're right. I think it, it, it was the little Luke scene. They filmed it on Star Wars mm-hmm. Day, which is about as kismet as it gets. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited, man. I'm excited about the Kenobi stuff. I mean, we got to see some set leaks from our source and. I mean, just seeing that they did go practical for a lot of the exterior shots for the Kenobi set is pretty fucking cool. Um, You know, and I'm excited to see what they can bring, especially now knowing that you're likely going to have a a force user character in Moses Ingram. We're definitely going to have some sort of interaction between Hayden and, and, and Ewan, whether it be in Kenobi, you know, Kenobi Vader or Kenobi, Anakin, uh, I think that this show is going to it has so much potential to be one of the best live actions. I mean, we've been saying that all along. I mean, Ewan has even mentioned he's like, I've been keeping this shit secret for years because there there was going to be we would be seeing the Kenobi movie like now. Yeah, it it was going to be the 2021. It was going to be the movie after Tross. 100 percent. 100%. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. And he has been he's been like, I've been sitting on this role for years, knowing <laughs> that something was gonna happen and now it finally is. And and Nick's not kidding around. As much as we love the Mandalorian and will continue to, what this show it, it could put out could be absolutely legendary just because of, of the time frame the characters and how closely tied it is to the original films. Yeah. All right. So there we go. So uh, we got one more topic before fan segment time, and we do have our manscaped uh, graphic now. Hopefully they don't get too upset because I was supposed to be up there when we were talking, but shit happens, right? Shit happens, (laughs) but we forget. Guess what? It's story time with Matt. That's right. We got a new comic book last week. And uh, those of you that are in our discord or, you know, Nick kind of got my my early critique of it. And this is the War of the Bounty Hunters. And it was just a prelude issue. It wasn't even issue one. Think of it as issue zero. And I'll tell you what, my friends, especially uh, those of you diehard Star Wars time show fanboys and girls. 
we all know the running joke with me and, and Bozo Fett. All right. If you're not familiar. Yes. Bozo Fett is the Boba Fett we see in Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Okay. I mean, literally get the meme with the guy at the table with the sign and I'll put it up there. You know, try to convince me that Boba Fett wasn't a bozo in the original trilogy. One of those types <laughs> of deals, right? You just can't. You can't. And unless you're going to throw out all your expanded universe stuff or comics, it just doesn't work on screen. He is 100% a bozo. Okay. So there you go. So the fact that someone like me that thinks so little of that version of, of Boba Fett. And again, if you've been following the show, I have, I'm going through a Boba Fett renaissance. In fact, I call the new one played by Tamara Morrison, Neo Boba, right? He is the Neo Boba Fett, and he's someone that I can really get behind, appreciate, and want to learn more about. Well, I'm happy to report that thanks to this prelude issue of War of the Bounty Hunters, Bozo Fett is starting to grow on me. At least Whoa. this version of him, Nick. And, and let me tell you, <laughs> I fucking loved this issue. I loved how Boba was portrayed. I loved his actions. I loved his demeanor. And I, I, and I, I just I, I really appreciate the narrative that I can see it kicking off. All right. War of the Bounty Hunters is a very apt title name for this. Um, because you know, I'll eventually get there, but by the end of this issue, you know, full well, why they're, they're calling this mini series war, of the bounty hunters. So anyways, yeah. let, let me explain how this version of Bob Bozo Fett has really won me over. All right. I mean, it's in the title right here. Boba Fett once donned black armor, like jet black pimp armor and called himself Django. Look at Those that. were the big new canon entries that came out of this issue. But but overall, for me, it was more just a portrayal of, of Boba Fett. So this comic is taking place right after Dude picks up Solo from Empire Strikes Back. All right. Like Solo is yep. in in the cargo hold. But we learn, and this was another new interesting bit of canon, that Boba didn't go right to Tatooine to the palace. He actually had to make a stop because lo and behold, with Han being the first organic to go through the carbonite freezing process, um, it, it was revealed that it was very unstable and Han was literally starting to melt. Oh, God, like his human everything, form was everything. Melt. It was explained. So essentially, Boba has to make a pit stop on Nar Shaddaa. Uh, to go to a, to a shady uh, doctor, right? Someone he's used before. The doctor, he's the same spe species as, uh, what's his name? Dexter Jester from Attack of the Clones. Oh, yes. Yeah, the, 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 the forearm yeah. guy. And, and the doc yep. basically says like, hey, dude. Um, you're not supposed yeah, he's to do like, this to people. Why would you guys freeze an organic and carbonite? And he's like, hey, whatever. But I can tell you right now that if I don't do a little this and a little that, this person han solo is going to turn into han supo as i as i said in the video like literally he was just going to turn into goo 
So that that was another interesting bit of canon. But that's why Boba Fett had to take a detour from Bespin before Tatooine. So he goes and meets this doc and Doc's like, you know, you got to pay me up front, motherfucker. You know, you know how this is. This is Nar Shada. What is it? The, the, the smuggler's moon or something like that. A lot of shady shit goes yeah, on it's here. Like a casino. It's a casino. It's another yeah, casino. Yeah. World yeah. He, as well. he, very shady. So very he shady. wants paid. But guess what? Boba Fett doesn't have any cash. He was he was banking on this uh, Han Solo to kind of be his ultimate payday. Right. Because we, we know that Jabba just kept raising that bounty over and over and over. And this was going to be yeah. his big payday. So he has no cash. So the doctor's like, listen. These these assholes, the Kanji Club, all right, who we learned about from The Force Awakens, they, they've got yes. this arena fighter. Right. I mean, uh, I forget. It's like Worman Lichter, I think, is her name. She's she's literally <laughs> looks like a spider. Like she's human, but with a spider body. Like it's kind of freaky. It's like a, a real life spider girl. <laughs> but the doc's like, listen, nice. man, I'll tell you what. You go kill her. She's the arena champion, like the gladiator champion. You go kill her. I'll handle your problem with with Han Solo. So Boba's like, all right, fuck it. I don't really want to. I don't want people to know who I am. I don't want the kanji club to be on my ass because I'm Boba Fett and I already have half the galaxy on my ass at all times. So that's when he's like, hey, bro, can you maybe paint me black? So that so that's <laughs> where if you're if you're on the live stream, you can see him. I mean, I would love to get this version of Fett just like fucking yeah. matte black Boba Fett. And that's when he also decides to enter the the gladiator arena as Django. OK, so again, nice. just great little bits of canon. And and Boba's personality is finally starting to come through the armor. That's nothing you ever got in the movies, all right? Until until no, the Mandalorian. Yeah, he was very we, we get it in the Mandalorian a, a couple times. He makes us laugh, right? I mean, in the one episode, he, he makes a comment about they may know my face because of his his helmet yeah. and he's a clone. Um but anyways, he didn't want anyone to know he was Boba Fett because of the problem. So he painted himself up, named himself Django. So he enters this uh, gladiator arena, Nick, and he's got to like work his way up the ladder. So here we get to see his badassness. Finally, nothing that was ever showed to me in Empire or Return of the Jedi. But here in one fucking panel, my friends, one <laughs> panel my my jaw was just left agape and i was like holy shit boba fucking fat look at this guy i mean he one champion to the next en route to the grand champion i mean cut this guy's head off sh shot this guy in the head decapitated this guy blew this guy's face off i mean it was left and right with his gadgets you really got to see boba fett being this ultimate warrior that everyone told me he was during the original trilogy. It's finally coming okay. to fruition for me. Uh, but again, the, 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 the demeanor, Nick, he, he's kind of jokey, right? Like he, he's got, yeah. he almost has like Han Solo one-liners where he says them at a perfect time for the situation that makes the reader go like, Oh, so <laughs> he is kind of a little wise ass. He's a little he's got a little scoundrel, but he's got some personality to him. He's not just put Captain Solo in the cargo hold guy. Right. Yeah, there is a there is yeah. a person there. You can see Neo Boba. Right. You can come exactly out. because Tamir gave Boba Fett some character. He gave him some badass yeah. feel, too. And we're getting this in War of the Bounty Hunters zero. All right. So he makes it to the grand champion. She comes out. 
He fires up the jetpack, right? She's a spider. She's shooting sticky shit everywhere. She can't get him. She's calling him her little fly. And it's looking like, oh, man, even the grand champion's going to be nothing for Boba. But sure as shit, she gets his pack off and then things are kind of even Steven. And here's where something interesting happens. This this spider lady is somehow able to fully puncture two layers of Beskar on Boba Fett. So she stabs him through his front chest plate, through his body, out his back chest plate. Okay. Wow. So either this species, their their spider legs are tougher than Beskar or Boba's been lying all along and his dad's armor is not made of Beskar. Yeah, and it's not really Beskar. Right? I mean, he even says it's Beskar Mando, so we got to believe it. So I'm just saying that this yeah. worm and lictor literally with her spider legs could blow through Beskar. I mean, a, and she didn't hit like the gap between the plates. No, or anything. it was like, like she went through right through. through his okay. tit. Like well, it wasn't a kill shot, but it was enough to pin him down. And you think like, oh, oh Fett's done. Right. Uh, so yeah. I, I found that to be kind of surprising. You know, is this species or are their legs just stronger than Beskar, which we know a fucking lightsaber can't even pierce. Right. I mean, yeah. that, that's some crazy shit. All right. That, I'll leave it alone. I can tell it's not that big of a deal. But all right. So Fett's fucked. He's pinned to the ground. He no longer has his jet pack. And she's starting to gloat like all assholes do. And you see him, he, he's on his <laughs> wrist doing some like, do, 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 do. You're like, all right, he's doing something. He's got another gadget to go. And then the next panel is just like, boom. He, <laughs> he essentially just fucking lights a bomb off <laughs> right on top of himself to, to blow this, this uh, spider down. And she dies, essentially. He wins. He gets pink goo all over himself. He goes to collect his money. The kanji club's like, yo, bro, that was our champ. Now you need to keep fighting and pay us back or just or just what? walk away. And this is where I forgot his his original deal was just to kill the lady. So he had already checked yeah. that box. So while he needed credits and, and I, I found this funny, I found this to be a different side of Boba. He essentially weighs his options. He's like, do I deal with these assholes? And, and, yeah, it's like, do I, shoot yeah, do I deal with right these now? assholes and get the full kanji club after me for the rest of my life? Do I do a f- few more fights and potentially die just to get them their money? Or do I just leave them my ultimate winnings and walk away? And sure as shit, he's like, you know what, guys? Keep the cash. I'm out of here. And just ca- and just <laughs> casually walks away. I, I don't know, yeah, man. Like, I just, right, it, it, it seemed very not Boba, but again. On mission. On yeah, mission. But, but again, we, we don't really get much of Boba from the original trilogy movies. So that's why I'm appreciating his portrayal in the War of the Bounty Hunters. So anyways, he's accomplished his objective. He did the deal for the doc. Now he can get Han fixed. Yep. So we see as he's headed back, some other shady characters show up at the doc's office. And they don't even fuck around. They just blast the guy. They see the quarry sitting there. And sure as shit, when we turn the next panel and Boba walks in, he sees the doc's dead. And guess what's missing? Mr. Solo. Solo is gone. And and I'm assuming that the doc had fixed him at that point in time. Otherwise, Solo really would have been goo. But yeah, that is the that is the event that kicks off the war of the bounty hunters. Another faction of bounty hunters had been tracking Fett. 
found him here, waited for him to leave, and then came and stole the solo quarry as their own. And basically, wow. Fett calls up to uh, Bib and Jabba like, hey, guys, uh, sorry, I had to stop, get gas, you know, just take my time, enjoy <laughs> the planet a bit. Don't worry, I'll be there. It's going to take a little bit longer, though. And, and, and Bib's like, what? What do you mean it's going to take longer? And, and Boba, basically, you can see it says to be continued, then in blue for the War of the Bounty Hunters. So nice. Boba's going to have to go to war against, I'm guessing, some of the more prominent bounty hunters out there to get Solo back. We know he eventually does, but this is what this miniseries is going to entail at this point moving forward. So, Nick, we're going to get five main issues, okay. but the story is going to creatively weave into the Star Wars comic, the Afro comic, the Vader comic, and the bounty hunters comic. Okay, so yeah, that's kind of like how Marvel used to do for their some like some of their side runs. They would like, like the the Civil War initial comic run that introduced the Civil War kind of weaved into the other individual character comics as well. So that's kind of kind of function like that. That's pretty cool. Um, and yeah, th so this is where you're really gonna see badass Boba uh, yeah, Fett. I mean, like he literally has to fight a whole fucking. Like company of bounty I, hunters to get this. I back. appreciate this issue so much. I even hit up Nick in our Slack. I'm like, dude, like this Boba Fett's pretty fucking awesome. I I, I can get I can get yeah, behind this guy. I'm 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 digging this Boba Fett, and it's it's Bozo. It is it's Bozo Fett. This is post Empire Strikes Back, pre getting doofus into the Sarlacc pit. Fett. <laughs> um, yeah, this is literal like prime Bozo Fett time period. But I'm finally starting to see, I guess, all the EU shit, which I, I don't believe it's not real anymore. Uh, and just the, the, the fandom behind it and and going back to that one episode when I took the flamethrower to a few of you over Boba Fett. <laughs> uh, I'm starting to come around. I'm never going to change my opinion on the original trilogy live action version of Boba Fett. You just can't. And, and you're crazy and you're kidding yourself if you think that character looked like a badass in those two movies. Yeah, the armor looks fucking rad, but his actions are laughable at best yeah but this comic here just in this prelude issue have already taken the bozo version about 50 pegs higher in in my book so i'm excited i don't know if i'm gonna buy the other um like the intro right, like, like i mean clearly i'll get star wars invader because i i i'm currently reading those already i don't know if i'm gonna grab the afra and the bounty hunter but y you never know i mean i i'm i'm hooked to the war of the bounty hunter story I don't want to miss a bit of it, so there is a good chance. But I believe this kicks off in full in June, and then will really carry on into the fall. It's a it's a five issue run, as well as the mix ins or the crossovers. Oh, oh I knew that was coming. I've been sucking in some air, talking a lot. All right, so like I said, there's uh, comic book story time, new canon story time with uh, your, the the Star Wars time show. There we go. All right. That's going to bring us into our fan segment this week. And, you know, man, after the after the showing from this question of the week, we may have to just put the question of the week on rest. I think we have five responses in total. Oh, we didn't even get like comments <laughs> like that was that we got two comments when I pulled and then we had three story <laughs> responses. So we had exactly 
exactly yeah. the amount of comments that we usually read through. So Matt's question, as the question will be every week for Bad Batch, if we continue to do it, is what was your favorite moment from the most recent episode, Bad Batch episode two? The two responses I just lumped into one <laughs> screenshot because they were literally right on top of each other. One is from at Mando underscore mugshots. He says, finally seeing a character with a hairline that I can realistically cosplay as. And I assume he's talking about cut because cut does have kind of a receding hairline. <laughs> well, at there. least it's a, there might not be a lot, but the quality is there so far, at least. Yeah. Well, the second one, quality wise, Mac Baron 23 says the credits. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so that, that, that must be a, like, a filler episode type of person. huh? Yeah. Seems like he was not a fan of the, the episode. I, I don't get but, it. It's like, know. I mean, it's, it's similar to the, the, the sisters from the last run of the Clone Wars. I mean, it, there, there's people who are like, just delete those four episodes. They're terrible. They're a waste of life. It's like people that was all done to show Ahsoka growing from disenfranchised cut from the Jedi order to realizing, no, I am that type of person. I do need to help people in the galaxy, whether I'm a Jedi or not. That it, it was for world and character building. All right. Yeah. It's it, going to happen. You have to. Have Star Wars those. isn't always going to be pew pews and lightsaber slashes. Like I don't get it. Or clones in their armor. It, it's yeah. like, it, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. It's just like, I guess when people are so used to films, like if, if, if you have a lot of people that are watching animated series, like the animated series for the first time and, and they've only ever watched a movie or they've never really gotten into like, you know, long or short form TV, then they're like, well, what is all this? The movies just, just hit me with what's important. And then that the next one is boom continues. But that's not how you get 22 episodes, 16 episodes in a yeah. season. Like you need Slow to have burn, my friends. smaller. Yeah. Because it, it, cause if we're going from this to the Bad Batches fucking fighting Darth Vader in the next episode, <laughs> then how are you going to fill an entire fucking I just want to see Crosshair shooting a sniper rifle and Hunter slashing his knife. Oh! Yeah. Like... I get it. Like these people look like Rambo. They look like the fucking, you know, the expendables in cartoon form. But like, you really do need to have episodes. I just, where Nick, you chill. me personally, you know, obviously in star Wars, the special effects and that stuff. Yeah, it's great. But I've always been most concerned and most focused on the lore, the world and the characters. I mean, that, that's exactly. why the prequels bum me out so much. Cause I had, I built up such an expectation of, of how, that world and those characters would be built that when it didn't hit that, I was like, well, fuck, that's not what I expected. <laughs> so, yeah, it was very like you want to see because like if, if Star Wars had no world building, it would be one of the most boring things of all right. time. Like you, like if you had no character building, you like you would have you wouldn't give a shit about who Luke Skywalker was, or you wouldn't care about Anakin Skywalker's journey yeah. from Anakin to Darth Vader. Like all of these things and people are like, Oh man, world, world building character. Like, like that happens through small things like this through 30 minutes of them, you know, interacting with another clone who got away and then building a relationship between Omega and between Hunter and then showing you the world of Seleucami and how, Four days after the fall of the Republic has happened, they're already instituting measures to put yeah. in the vice grips of the empire. Right. Like things like that is like what makes this world sustain itself and what makes the story so interesting. So, yeah, I mean, I don't get oh, it. Well. But 
Hey, to, to no. each their own. I mean, I, I I mean, I get some people just want the the flashy stuff, but that's not why I'm I'm in the Star Wars. I'm in the Star Wars for the characters, the long and the worlds level. that they live in. Yep. Yeah, I mean, so here's another one. Our <laughs> our good, our friend and fellow Star Wars Time Show employee, Baron's Black Spa, Series, Spa, says, <laughs> kind of boring to me. Tbh, I liked it. It just felt like filler to me. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I guess I'm just looking to see more overall it's story a fucking, development. It's I mean, episode gonna, two and it's 30 minutes long, pal. Say, like, it's, it's have some patience. Gotta, it's <laughs> it's going to come. It's going to build on each other. It's going to build on top. So right. you're going to see now you first you see Seleucamide. They're yeah. talking about chain codes. Oh, you can't get on this transport without your chain yep. code. You need it. Everybody must have a chain code. They were stealing. They were literally taking ships to put ship IDs on them. Like, so, so yes, while, you know, you didn't get too much, that story development right there. And then you're going to get another piece, maybe two episodes down the road and then another piece. And then, you know, right now we all look back on the Clone Wars like it's the best piece of Star Wars that's ever happened. And you think about all of these things that the, look how the world built, look all these characters we were introduced yeah. to. If if the Clone Wars only focused on Anakin and Obi-Wan the entire time and there's them go and fight battles and then come back and fight battle, and, we would have none of that. The Clone yeah. Wars would just be a series Patience. of fight Patience. scenes. In, okay. in Dave, we trust everyone. It, it, let let yeah. the slow boil happen. Everything, it, it's like a Jenga tower. He, he, he They put a block in in each episode to build it up and it, it, they, they do it purposefully. You know, if you put too, too many on one row, it's going to topple over. It's, it's a slow burn. All right. Yeah. Slow burn. Okay. And, and right. I, I guess up. my advice to these type of people, wait until the whole season comes out. Yeah, like if, exactly. if you can't handle just getting little doses and only a little bit of the onion skin gets peeled off just wait so you can binge. And there are people that prefer binging versus episodic. I'll, I'll, quite frankly, I love the idea of binging. It's nothing I ever do. So I, I kind of don't mind the traditional release cadence that Disney Plus goes with. Um, yeah, I, I'm a fan of the, I just of the like, like binging the- to me. It, it, it's it's intimidating. I would hate it, especially for the way I like to cover this type of shit. And at this point in my life, I, I just don't have full days to blow watching streaming TV. Yeah, no, it's 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 too much to do at one time. All right. So more often than not, unless you're like you got a whole weekend by yourself. Yeah. Um, all right. Next up. Ripic Tan back again says. <laughs> Cuts relax dad bod slash mutton chops. Everybody, the people like the cut look, man. This is the second yeah. time somebody's brought up cuts well, look. I, I guess <laughs> I shouldn't feel so bad about my uh, greatly receded hairlines. I mean, I outside of not letting my hair grow out, if I let my hair grow out, that's what I'd look like. I'd look like cut. <laughs> people will be apparently they're okay with it. You would just rock the cut yeah. and then. People be like, oh, look, Matt's fucking cosplaying cut every Cuts, episode. I just like relax dad bod and mutton chops. <laughs> I know, right? Dude, like he really did. Like he, he fucking defected and he just laid he back. Chilled. He wanted to, he he to live a normal of, life. And that's what he told Rex way back when. So yeah. I, I, I love that they, they brought cut back into the fold and, and kind of, you know, put a, put a nice little bow on his story. I mean, you could argue that that cut's story is over now. They, they got out safe. They've got their chain codes. Um, 
I don't know if we'll see him again, nor nor do we really need to. But it, it was it was a nice yeah, kind of touching back on him. Another tie back into the Clone Wars, which which they're going to continue to do. Yep. And then our last response is from our our interviewee today. This is from SW Props, Justin. He says, Omega with the quick instinct and sharpshooter skills yeah, on Cross here. So that was actually He's talking the about episode. the premiere, so he's not even on the right fucking episode, but at yeah, least so, he tried. <laughs> so he was talking about episode one, but he did. That, this was a response from today, but still, it's this Force-sensitive clone. Uh, I mean, yeah, we talked a little bit about that with him when he was on the show. So definitely some. Food yeah, I mean, he, he's the one that, that kind of threw out there and I wasn't even thinking it that Omega could could break bad or she already is bad. And she's just kind of playing the the goody two shoes. And while I, I don't see that at all, but maybe that's a sign of some good writing. So who knows? Yeah, I mean, you could pull a lot of different things from it because she is she's still a relatively mysterious oh, yeah, character. I mean, all, all we so know is she's a, a clone and she's enhanced. That's it. Yeah. A lot of possibilities for But for I mean, that, that's why I, I I had to keep going over that that cut line though where he said very poignantly like listen, Kaminoans do she, not create without purpose, plain and simple. Yep. So, yeah, there we go. So that's all the responses. Thank you to all five of you, literally, who responded. I don't know if anybody has responded since, but uh, that brings us on to our battle bracket updates for this week. And this is the final. These are the final two before we move into the semifinal. So round two is completed here. And the first battle of this week was between Scarlet Witch and her father, Magneto. Now, I know that in the MCU Magneto is not Scarlet Witch's father, but in you know the the comics and stuff like that, they that was how it went down. So this battle broke out in a in a pretty hefty split for Scarlet Witch. So seventy three percent for Scarlet Witch, twenty seven percent for Magneto. We only had seventy eight total votes cast here. So again, the the non Star Wars related. Uh, little updates or bracket battles are not doing as well as the ones with star Wars people involved. Um, so Scarlet, Witch moves on to the semifinals and just to call out some notable Magneto voters, we have, if there's even anybody who's notable, all of you guys are notable. Thank you all for voting. I'm I just like to call out some of the specific assholes in the chat. Klondike studios voted for Magneto. A big L on Klondike Studios. Loser. <laughs> Bregu Loser. Snaps. Bregu Snaps. He's been on the losing end of pretty much all of these. Big loser for Gregu Snaps. Liam Samard Photography. Big loser again. And Scott Blind. Another loser in the chat. Um, so that, that's our Scarlet Witch <laughs> that's, versus This is my Magneto. favorite part of this segment, just hearing Nick call people losers. They're losers, man. It's on. It's fucking on paper. I have the proof. And then our next one, our next battle bracket update is Luke versus Obi-Wan. And guess what, people? The master beat the apprentice. Obi-Wan Kenobi, 64%. Luke Skywalker, 36%. It wasn't even close. Obi just fucking yeah, wiped what, the What's floor going on here, them. Nick? What do, you, what do you think's going on here? I think it's a lot of it's weird because I was like, okay, well, 
you know, it's always it always comes down to like old Republic Jedi versus newer Jedi, like just straight up training. Like, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi had training in lightsaber combat and in just overall use of the force from some of the greatest Jedi of all time. You could argue, you know, Yoda, Mace Windu, some of these guys that have been, you know, Yoda was around for 700, 800, 900 years and fully trained Obi-Wan Kenobi to the rank of master. And then Luke kind of had shoddy training, secondhand training. What didn't really do everything that a, that an old Republic Jedi would have. So maybe they just thought that like straight lightsaber to lightsaber, it wasn't even a contest. But then again, like, you know, Luke beat his dad, but his dad was also old and he was all metal. Like he had a whole fucking robot bot. I don't know. I so like I, maybe, I think I think you make some good points. I mean, Luke truly never got any sort of targeted training. Definitely yeah. combat training. And if you take it as we always say, like you're taking these people at their best. I mean, what what was the best Luke? Maybe we may not have even seen the best Luke Skywalker yet. Like, you know, if we if we continue to get Luke in animated form, if that's even possible, or we get more Luke content in some way, shape, or form, like we may not have even yeah, seen because, the best. Yeah, because I mean, of what, what do we got? Uh, I mean, you you can't say Return of the Jedi Luke he was at his best because he's clearly still learning. Just became a self anointed Jedi Knight. So you you essentially yeah. have the Mandalorian uh, finale sample. And the last Jedi, what he does with Kylo. Yeah, that's really all you got. So, so I would I would argue the Mando Luke was at his best, but if you consider the amount of power that it took for what he did in TLJ, whether you like it or not, it was yeah. enough to take him out. Like literally it killed him. And if you're a dope like me to play Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes and you have the Galactic Legends Jedi Master Luke, he is quite godly in terms of of power when it comes. I mean, he he can instantly a a JML squad takes out a Supreme Leader Kylo squad takes out a Rey Skywalker squad, if you will. Um, Now he struggles against Sith Eternal Emperor, but that it, it is what it is when it comes to the meta. So I would, yeah. I would, I mean, again, we didn't see it on screen, but I would still wager Jedi Master Luke, the the Octo, the angry guy, was probably his peak power, even though he didn't showcase it. Yeah, it's so it's a, it's an odd point for Luke because his best years we've literally just haven't seen. No, any we of we it. we got like, the first tease was the Mandalorian. That was it. Was Mando, and that was it. So I mean, I don't, I I can't argue yeah. too much with this result, honestly. Right. So notable Luke voters, though, you're still losers, so you will be called out. <laughs> Kingdom of Loser. Weird, loser. SW Prop. Loser. Justin, we love you, but you are a loser. And then Sir Dork 730. Loser. Loser. (laughs) Me. I'm a loser. I voted for for Luke. I purposely Uh, didn't vote, so I didn't get called a loser. Press pause photography. Is another loser. Loser. And that'll be it. That's all we're calling out for this. You lose. Way to go, all you big losers out there. But uh, so that's going to set up our our semifinal matches, I believe. So we're going to have in 
round. Actually, this is going to set up our, our round three matches, which is our semifinal. We have Anakin versus Palpatine. Big Uh-oh. match. Uh-oh. And then Scarlet Witch versus Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, shit. That's an interesting one, man, because I think that Scarlet Witch can almost beat anybody in yeah. Star Wars. Like, it's so I mean, close. Well, you've identified that she's essentially no different than a Force user. She Yeah, she's like a super powerful Force user. Like... I don't know, man. It's tough. I feel like, you know, we are a Star Wars podcast. Our fans are Star Wars podcast listeners. So I feel like Scarlet's going to drop that. But if, like, I will put my vote towards Scarlet, Scarlet Witch in the Obi-Wan showdown. Oh, he but may become a loser next may, week. Maybe two L's in a, two L's in a row for know. me. But that's the end of the battle bracket all updates. Right. Thank you all for voting who are out there clicking on those buttons for us. It's just one click, everybody. Just click on our store. Technically two clicks. Click on the story. Click on your vote. And that's all it takes. Two taps of a finger. Damn skippy. But that's going to move us into our top five Star Wars fan arts features of the week. And this week is just a top five week, you know? Yeah, I, we had basically I keep forgetting to give Nick my top one because we we top skipped one. that it's about okay. three or four iterations at this point. But <laughs> I, I like how he rolls. Basically, if I don't get it to him by Monday, he's like, fuck you. We're rolling with the top five at how I We're see We're just fit. doing a top five. I think we did... Last week we didn't was just another right. top five. That's and then what two I mean. weeks ago we did the shot yeah. breakdowns, and then the week before that we did the I, I, Matt I Haywood keep, top I keep shot break. Fucking up the top <laughs> one, but big deal. Anyways, as Nick said, we're into the top five, and if you want to get involved, as in you want to be featured and have your art gushed about on the show, all you got to do is follow us on Instagram at Star Wars Time Show and tag us at Star Wars Time Show in any and all Star Wars art related posts hell even star wars posts in general you never know what's going to catch our eye but if you do that we ask that you also use our lovely hashtag of star wars time show and um we we scan through all these tags every day right here yours truly every day i'll post 12 new features to at star wars time show and then at the end of the week nick will tally up scan through all those shots, right? Right. We're talking six or seven times 12 shots. It's a lot. Can't do the math without a calculator. There you go. Yeah, like I said, we can't do math without a calculator. <laughs> so he, he, he peels through there on a Monday. He selects the top five and then we talk about them on a Tuesday. And here we are with the top five a Star Wars fan artist features of the week. All right, buddy, who do we got first here? First up this week is at CADS Toys, K-A-D-Z-T-O-Y-Z, with a super fun shot of a of a chess match that looks like it's going on between uh, Mr. Din Djarin, and it looks like Jedi Master Luke Skywalker there, or Jedi Knight Luke Skywalker, but their onlooker, Grogu, has completely ruined the board by force lifting all the chess pieces off. Well, I don't, I don't know if you noticed. It looks like Luke or one of them was was levitating the board to begin with, right? Because it... Yeah, one of them. Yeah, there's no th- table. They're, they're playing, they're playing a, a, a version of chess that heavily requires the use of force. So the board itself levitates. But as Nick said, it looks like little Grogu was tired of sitting there watching Daddy Din and Uncle Luke play. So he decided to practice his force abilities a bit and jumbled up the board and, and dumped the pieces everywhere. 
And even Din's like, Grogu, yeah, like, come on, bud. Yeah, the kid, remember? I had him. I exactly. had him. He's like, this guy called himself a Jedi <laughs> yeah. Knight, and I had him in three moves, and you fucked it up. Yeah. I was going to say, do you think you could ever beat a Jedi in chess? Just because he knows your next move. Yeah, I mean, move. it would be impossible unless you, you, shit, you were a Force user yourself. Then it would just be like a weird, you would be playing like three games of chess. Like you would be playing two in your head to like confuse your right. opponent. And then all of the moves that you make, yeah, would you, be no, you, you'd actually have to disguise your thoughts. That is a hundred percent correct. But it, it, Hey, it's just one of those very creative setups. <laughs> the idea yeah. itself is, is genius. The execution is, is top notch. I mean, look at the little folding chairs. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming those yeah. are real props. Is is the chess set real or was it uh, digitized and and kind of composited to to make the pieces look like they were floating and falling that way? And really just the, I think that's the figure arts Grogu and figure arts Din. And they're also just good looking figures. But I love the, the, the scene, the idea and the execution. It's just one of those fun Star Wars humor type of shots there from Cad's Toys. Exactly. Super fun setup at K A D Z T O Y Z on Instagram. Cad's toys. Go give him a follow. Awesome stuff. Next up is a shot that was actually mentioned last yep. week uh, on the show. And this is from at phase underscore runner phase runner. He's made the top five multiple times before known for his Photoshop work and compositing. And we see a fantastic shot of, of Luke's, hand dismembered hand falling down the you know the shoot you assume it's the shoot on bestman or just left the shoot and you see the his skywalker family blade falling down with it with the caption i'll never yeah, join it's, it's, you i mean it's just like fucking powerful it's fantastic it, it, it that's the right word to use it is it, it's power it's powerful uh any star wars fan when you look at this you 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 get the tone you get the messaging here yeah it's not just an image of a severed hand and a lightsaber. It's the meaning behind the phrase and the way Luke said it, like almost crying and yelling, I'll never join you. Like the pain that he was experiencing mentally uh, dueling with his father. Uh, it is, it, it, is, it is beautiful. And I don't know if, if, if phase runner was, uh, was kind of motivated by that recent Vader comic where we learned that Palpatine literally took the hand and was using it for experiments on clones. Uh, but it is, it, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful piece of star Wars art that, that really speaks volumes. If you're a fan. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really, truly amazing. And if you're familiar with phase runner, you know that he does some incredible work, digital art with, with Photoshop and, you know, his compositing method and stuff like that. He also has a shop as well. So you can buy both original artwork from phase runner. So that's just prints that he's made up himself. That's not connected to any particular piece of, uh, you know, intellectual property, or you can buy official prints. Uh, those are his star Wars and Indiana Jones art pieces. So if you head over to his link tree, that's on his Instagram handle, you can hit that up and then buy a nice piece. Oh yeah. Phase runner. Support art. Him up Just like Nick's been doing. I, I don't know if I think people missed that last week, but Nick has taken it upon yes. himself to be the star Wars time show representative to, uh, pay homage to some of these yeah. artists oh. that we we talk about, I believe he's bought a, a, an at Savvy Arts print. 
Uh, I think he ordered something from Super Scoundrel, but... Super Scoundrel shirt should be on the way. So this is the yeah, savvy check. print that I want. I need to get a frame, but I bought oh, yeah. the there piece you go. that... Well, one, it made our top five. And then two, I, I sat on the show. I was like, man, I would really like to see almost this exact piece in savvy style. And then bang, she came through and made it. It is the, it is the life and death of Padme Amidala. So I, I really enjoyed the shot. I'm going to get a frame for it. It will be up either in this room here, my office room, or it may make the wall in my bedroom. Um, but yeah, that, I've yeah, dedicated there you go. myself so, so maybe to... if I didn't swear so much, you'd actually listen to the show more regularly and, and know that you did that for her. But you're a nice guy, Nick. So keep yeah. it up. But uh, if yeah, you got so stuff to sell, I, let Nick is... know. He's here for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. I'm here to support the artists out there. So there we go. Yeah, the shirt is on the way, Devin says. I know. I, I got the tracking for it. I just got to find the damn email and see when it'll get here. But uh, I'm excited for it. I got yeah, the Mando yeah, Vice. Is that? is that Sir yeah, Dork? Sure. Yes, we did get one for free from the Dork. Hey. Yeah, that's what I was. I, I, I'm going to get something from Sir Dork too. I think I might grab some like some stickers or something from Dork because I was looking at his store. Uh, you know earlier. what I want from Dork? So. I want a signed can of Mountain Dew. Can you do that? How much will you charge for a signed can of Mountain Dew, <laughs> Jared? Uh, all right. Next up, we got at Masso oh, yeah. Art oh, here. Yeah. And this is just a, a masterful piece from Masso Art. This is a Darth Nihilus piece. So did you hear that? Loud ass uh -oh. thunder outside. We, we better get going. So we better get fire. going. Yeah. Uh, so this is a fantastic piece. Darth Nihilus. You see his saber there almost igniting and he's standing. I mean, like he was known as like the world ender. Like he could literally sap the entire, like a, the entire right. life essence out of a whole planet. And it looks like he may be getting ready to do that. He's stay, he's above a planet now. And all of these lines that you see may just be that the, the energy of that planet filtering into yeah, it's, it's almost I mean, like, it's almost like he is a, a, a Titan in space, right? Like he, like he is, he is yeah. bigger than the world itself as he consumes it souls mm -hmm. i just yeah. I, you know i like um i mean i i think nihilus is a great character in terms of his design i i've talked about this before yeah. i've always loved how the bad guys in star wars choose to look they they're, they're always better yeah. than than the, the the good guys uh so i i love the look here but i, I like how masso you know, it's like, I don't know if it's blending styles, but it's like, you know, like it's, it's a well-sketched nihilist, but then you said it, it kind of gets into, there's like some venomous stuff going on with the, is that the planet's energy flaring up or any, I don't know. I just, I like the, 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 the mix of styles here. Like it's real chaotic towards the bottom, but the, the drawing in the art gets much more refined as we get closer to the, the, the visage of, of nihilist. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those shots that like, I mean, not shots, pieces of art that that really like, it's something that that he created in his head. Like you said, he really thought of like, how would this work? How would this this essence drawing into Nihilus himself work? And this that's kind of what he put into this piece. I just thought it was really fucking cool. I like the like the coloration right. too. Like he could have gone with like a really dark palette, like kept it like black and red and stuff like that. But I like how he added in the blue and the pinks and the purples and stuff like that to to make the shot pop and not be so dark. 
So yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm a hey, we, we we became fans of at Masso Art uh, months ago. I, I believe uh, Super Scoundrel introduced. Yeah, I think they did like they yeah worked they, together they did on, a like, team up and and we, we you know we talked about them and I know Masso's kind of to uh, stuck around stuck around so. Yeah, he's in the chat. We I haven't believe. pissed the, that person off yet, so that's that's always a good <laughs> sign. But uh, yeah, lo- love yeah. the art. We we always love the real ass paint. We don't really know the technical things to say about it outside of "Ooh, ah, uh, looks awesome." I wish we had talent. Yeah. Don't worry. When whenever we have Devin on the show, we will make sure that he directs us to to more more words to use when it comes to real ass yeah, paint. You know what I want to do with, with someone like Devin on the show? And I don't know how entertaining this would be because it'd be very visual in nature. I just want to sit there and watch him create. <laughs> like I, I, I think I he, could sit there for four hours and just watch the guy from, from literally blank screen to one of his uh, finished art pieces. Well, watch him draw a picture of you as Darth Maul. That'd, that'd be a very <laughs> short Darth Maul, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But yeah, no, yeah. I I, but, I love uh, Masso's style here. It's 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 definitely unique. It stands out. Um, it, he's someone just like Super Scoundrel, or even on the toy side now, where when I'm scrolling through the feed, I can kind of be like, oh yeah, there they go. They made some new art. Can't yep. wait to share it. And uh, Masso. So it's definitely yeah, one. he put out a put out a dark side Ahsoka piece. Yeah, too no, that's recently. that's um that's one that's we've already I believe nasty. we we've did we did we not cover that one? Uh, I don't know if you shared it yet, or maybe you shared it at the same time as this one. I can't remember, but it was nasty. Oh yeah, yeah, nasty. we shared his other his initial variant of that Ahsoka one. So if you if you flip over on that. Um, yeah, okay. we, cause he, he produced that yes. right after her debut in Mando to kind of give her that, that samurai look. I remember that it's fucking dope like that mm-hmm. right there, man. That's a fucking tattoo, right? Cause there you're, you you're not going to see, no one's going to think of that shit. I mean, seeing Ahsoka no. all samurai out, she's even got the samurai mask on. That is fucking nasty. rad. That's so nasty looking dude. So good. Oh man. All right. So at Masso art right there. With the top five entry with the Darth Well, uh, well spoiler alert, when we have Devin on, he just said he sucks at explaining what he does. It's just magic. So <laughs> so don't get your hopes up. <laughs> Devin's going to get on shows and be like, yeah, so I get into yeah. like Illustrator and I have my Wacom tablet and I just yeah, move and then my I hands just start around drawing and, and, just... and the shit comes out of my fingers. It's what can I say? I, yeah, I magic. Like, I magic, motherfuckers. <laughs> just like you said. Yeah. Like, okay. All, All right. right. Well, there we go. Now we know. All right. Next up is Gin Finny Toys with the awesome. Yeah, this, this is like, a, it's, it's really an emotional totally. clone shot here. And and what we see is a clone trooper. I don't know if this is like post fall of the Republic because they're all white. They're in their all white uniforms. They're, they're not wearing anything with color on them. But you see a, a, a trooper down on his knees on a battlefield. Rain is happening. Picks up the helmet of a phase one clone. And it's just like that moment on the battlefield, almost like what Boba did with his father's head in the in the Gian Ocean arena, just kind of resting his head there, remembering the Yeah, fall. no, that, that's a good I mean, callback. That, that, that really is. It's like, I, I don't know if you mentioned this, but I mean, you, you got the phase one helmet and a phase, mm-hmm, phase yeah. three clone. So it is like they re- were revisiting an old battlefield or something. 
Yeah, like maybe it's, you know, after the fall of the Republic, these these troopers are like going and occupying these planets and then they end up on one of the battlefields and this guy just saw uh, a helmet. The, the, and just at, at this point, the clones were dickheads. They'd be like, that pussy, he yeah. died. He deserves to be dead. Throw his helmet That's down. True. Uh, I'm thinking this That's is probably true. during the actual Clone Wars, but either way, the, the the sentiment comes through in spades. I mean, this is I've said it a thousand times before. I mean, a, typically I'll stop on a toy photography shot when I can actually feel the emotions coming through that static image, and, and this one nails that aspect of the hobby. I mean, uh, I'm not even going to say it's a simple setup. I mean, it looks like you build out the set a bit. You got you know some dirt, almost like a trench deal there it looks like the mm-hmm. troopers were nice and weathered uh even that pose probably wasn't easy to to get and have the helmet actually look like it's resting in his hands and not just uh balancing there so it, it, it's a it's a great shot from at gin yeah. finney toys yeah i mean just full filled filled with emotion like i said so many times before when you can like look at a picture and then you can build the story in your head you know that it's Boom, it's a quality shot. So Gin Finna Toys on Instagram. Only only eighteen hundred followers on this account. I mean, I hope we can get a little Star Wars time boost out of it. Uh, cause I mean, if he continues to put out shots like this, some fantastic worth, well worth definitely definitely has a quality eye for the hobby. So um, keep keep mm-hmm. an eye on this one. All right, and the last entry this week for the top five is none other than our good friend True Perry, T-R-U-U-P-P-E-R-I, and we have another great shot using some uh, sand people, some Tusken Raiders, and we also have one of their pets right in the front. They didn't. Is that an Ack dog? I believe it's an Ack dog. Uh, right? I think it's a massive. Massive, okay. Because I know that act dogs are something yeah, look, different. Yeah, they're different. They're they're a little bit different. I believe it's so. massive just because they they popped up again. Uh, no, maybe not. <laughs> I know. I was just talking about. Yeah, yeah, they are massive. They are massive. Yeah. I'm not that stupid. But it's 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 two tuscan raiders out there in the dune sea one of them's using a fucking stormtrooper helmet as yeah, a foot it's like they're shooting the shit and they're yeah their massive is just right there keeping watch i just thought it was a well-composed shot i just thought that one i love that figure of the massive i don't know if that like came with I, one of the tuscan you know raiders. what dude i don't know if that's a, a custom or something from a three seven five scale package that he just blew up to look bigger because I yeah. do not believe that is a an actual Hasbro produced 112 scale uh, massive figure. I, I will say, like, if you look at his original share, like he has the full frame image that we're looking at now. But his second is a is a close up on the massive. So clearly he's showing off this this figure. So I don't know if it is a custom true Perry. I, I think you listen still. Hopefully you do. Hopefully we haven't pissed well, no, you he, off. He did this one. Um, if you read it, it's because he's a big fan of dogs. So it really, dogs, the, yeah. the, the massive was the, the focus, the subject of this shot a hundred percent. Yeah. So let us know if this is like a custom figure, or if this was included, is this like a three, seven, five that Matt's like Matt said has, has blown it up. I think you're right. We're leaving on Friday. Okay, I'm I'm almost <laughs> done. All right, thanks for the update. 
<laughs> we're, we're leaving for vacation That's, this week and she's super excited because she's going to get to see her grandmother for the first time in a year and a couple months. So she's literally, we have a calendar up Xing yeah. days off and she's counting them down. So there we go. Matt's little Jedi. Uh, yeah. Apparently that update was, was important. <laughs> oh there he is he, he's in the chat uh it's a custom he printed it and painted it so oh yeah damn. at so you he you painted at, that yeah, the, too. the paint That's job something. is is Almost better, Incredible. almost better than the photo. I mean, that's a yeah, that's a like great that's pick, but that's a fucking like top notch ILM type of model paint job. There, true. Yeah, Perry. Man, that's that's incredible. So yeah, I mean, uh, but yeah, I mean, the shot all around is great. I love the the background, of the shot too. So you have rocks, like big kind of mountainous looking yeah. rocks in the background, selling the Tatooine landscape, the sand. And then even like just as, like I said before, adding in that stormtrooper helmet as kind of yeah, a it's, it's like just, it's like these raiders are at a massive park, right? Like like you know, Nick yeah. probably takes his dog to a dog park. You know, they're they're just yeah. here, they're chilling at a park, letting the massive you know hang out, maybe smell the asses of other massives, and while yeah. they're you know talking about the, the 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 latest raid they had on the Jawas or something. Exactly. So that's. The end of the top five at True Perry T R U U P P E R I. Thank you so much for your submissions, everyone, this week. But that's the end of the top five, and that's the end of our show. Matt, take us home to the end. You got it. But I just want to remind everyone listening to the Star Wars Time Show, in particular, episode one sixty one, that you can get twenty percent off and free shipping with the code S W T S at Manscaped.com. That's right. 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Don't forget to use code SWTS because it will help you unlock your confidence and always get the right tools for the job through Manscaped. All right, people, don't forget if you need stuff for your boys, head on over to manscaped.com and use, please use the code SWTS as it will help your bros out a little bit. Yes. All right, so as Nick said, it's time to put E161 to bed, and boy, was it action-packed. We're approaching the four-hour mark. We had we led with our interview with at SW Props. He gave us some great stories and insights into the land of autograph hunting and high-end collectible collecting. Uh, so if you missed that, make sure to catch it on the replay. But if you're new to the show and you're like, you know what? That didn't completely suck. Well, this is for you. StarWarsTime.net. That's where you can get all our topics that we're going to talk about each week on the show. But more importantly, for someone like you, a Star Wars Time Show noob, you can find all of the key links to the socials and podcast platforms, not to mention YouTube. So head on over to StarWarsTime.net. Check out that sub to podcast link or just scroll around and find them in the sidebar. You'll see them right there to the right. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Pandora, TuneIn, Stitcher, Deezer. We'll even give you the feed if you can process RSS XML type of code. But we need you. If you do like it, please sub. 
And please, 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 more importantly than just subscribing, leave a rating and review if we're on a podcast platform. If you prefer to consume the show via the live stream or on YouTube, always make sure to like the video and leave a comment if you can. Because in the end, the AI overlords dictate our fate. They're the ones that will open us up to new people searching for awesome or maybe hardcore Star Wars podcasts with the more ratings and positive reviews or the more likes and subs on youtube we will rise to the top right we are the cream we need to rise we shall be risen but only through your help so diehards keep beating the drum get the word out try to convince or trick other people to get in line to follow the swts all you got to tell them starwarstime.net and they'll go why Well, easy. There's always time for Star Wars time. All right? It's not that hard of a pitch. If they get here and hate us, what's the worst that's going to happen? They're going to hate you for having them waste a little bit of their time. But so what? We need the help. We need the support. We need more listeners. Okay? Manscaped will like it too. All right? Don't forget. Manscaped.com. SWTS. Help the bros out. All right, my friends, we know it. You know it. Make sure someone else learns it this week. But there's always time for Star Wars time. And if they say, no, there's not, just drop this line on. them. Well, remember, though, if you listen to the Star Wars time show, the force will be with you. Always. Always.